the webs with YouTube. On the webs with YouTube. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, let's see. What we got here? Check that damn, that damn, audio, boy. Damn, yeah, damn. Slam door a little harder, my love. <laughs> she actually, <laughs> she actually does it. She's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you just hear construction because she broke it. You got it. <laughs> oh man. Let's just hear. Well, <laughs> We we put hairspray on the so fun fact you can put hairspray on door hinges and they can minimize the squeak. So oh. we tried that, but I think we need to put more hairspray on that one because uh, it's like super quiet. When we do it. It's such a countryside thing to say. I don't understand the science behind it, but you know what? Um, I'm all for it. Let me check uh, some audio stuff actually while I'm here. So. Oh god, I have to create a character. Wait, don't I have mine created already? That? You know what's crazy? It's the fact that when I looked at the saved game, it said zero, but there was a saved game. Alright, we're going to audio. I'm randomizing this. This is just for podcast purposes. Also, real quick, Walt, did you, um, just to preface this, did you put like the, the main like sound setting or the master sound settings on mute? For it's all, it's all down, yep. Okay, alright, cool. I learned from my last time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You learn once and then that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Let me set this tweet up then. We get to go. Man, I didn't even uh, I didn't even need to be on on Twitter for like two minutes to see like what was going on to this uh, this week. This week has been a bit wild, to be honest. I I went on for um, to tweet like the the streams I was doing. And to get that graphic up, and then to do the, uh, some, the you know, couple other DSS stuff, and I just saw like glimpses of it. I was like, "Oh hell no, I'm out mm-hmm. of here." It's been. I don't blame you. It's been, it's interesting because I don't see the discourse. I just see people complaining about it. Because I'm okay. Then their timeline is like messed up, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm good on all that. Man. Yeah. <clears throat> this is one hell of a week for PlayStation, wasn't it? <laughs> it still is. Man. Um, okay, let's get started. Yes, sir. Uh, guys, welcome to the 73rd episode of the Dual Shock and Sense podcast. I am your host, Soul, the connoisseur of anime wife, who is joined, as always, by my... We, we have the full roster this time, finally. Everyone uh, is here! Yeah, Walt is finally back from checking on his mistresses down down in the, in the <laughs> islands. Um, he's he had to make sure you know uh, they they're all in order and whatnot. Make sure um, his plantains were well and fruitful. I was in Castle Dimitrescu. I was looking at all the vampire. Oh, it's in Puerto Rico. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're talking about uh, Old San Juan. Old San Juan. Oh, I, I was in La Perla, you know. Yeah, the the fort. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, man, we got the full team here. Uh, Walt, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantabulous. Uh, I was uh, at a concert yesterday, the last concert for the the big boss himself, Daddy Yankee, and that was a, a blast and a half. Uh, so today I am I am very thirsty, so I'm drinking a lot of water and ready to talk some games and buffoonery. Am I right, guys? 
Uh, yes, sir. I guess so. Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> hey man. This 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 week this week uh, I also adopted some some FOMO so uh, from from something that I saw on the on the on the on the webs. Well, I'll go into that later. We also got Macho here. What's up, man? How's it going, everybody? It's the King of Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Fanatic. Glad to be back. Took a nice little week break. Um, unexpected week break, but nonetheless, I think it was needed. But yeah, man, I'm excited to be back. Um, <clears throat> T-minus one week until the wedding. So this oh, time next week, man. fellas, I will be a husbando. And uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, with that said, too, probably no podcast next week. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, yeah, man, so we got a lot to get through this week. Uh, a bunch of stuff, actually a bunch of stuff happened in the past two weeks that we have to go through. So, uh, yeah, got a pretty good show lined up for you guys. As always, want to remind everyone to go ahead and like and share out the podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, we, we really like the, the views that we've been seeing in the last two episodes, man. Uh, we greatly yes, appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah. We are going to start things off uh, by talking about the games and just the, the things that we've been doing these past two weeks. So, uh, well, why don't you kick things off? What have you been playing? This week, I have been playing mostly... So, here's the thing, right? The Because last week, I was on Puerto Rico. I didn't play anything there. So, anything I was going to play there, I had to move to this week. What I did play is more of Live Alive. Uh, I am already on my last character to then do the final chapter. Um, I'm on nice. I'm on Cube's chapter. Uh, the what is it? The distant future. Um, so far from that game, I've I've loved absolutely every single section of it. But my favorite which also felt like the most developed one has been the Edo era one the where you're a shinobi uh that section i just wanted that section to never end i wanted to have more secret encounters more secret bosses i wanted to do more there uh but it didn't it only had one secret boss which was tough i grind i did the old grind go into a little section grind the ghost go outside go inside grind the ghost and i did that for like 30 minutes that was not agonizing i just put a podcast on the side and i kept grinding away uh it made the fight that much easier uh i got the i think the most the strongest weapon for that character uh before the final fight so it wasn't too bad um what else did more than me on that one because i know that you had done the no kill the pacifist route but I, I did the I did nope the pacifist and up to the point where I needed to not take the prisoner with me because apparently you needed to keep him in his cell so that he then shows up and scares off the guards with his gun. Yeah. So I didn't do that. I didn't know that. So I had him with me. So I was like, okay, I have two people. I can fight the secret boss now because I have two people with me. Uh, so I fought the secret boss. That was tough. Um, it was a battle of attrition more than it was of skill. I beat him. I beat. <laughs> I, I beat the big koi fish. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't do that either. That one was also tough. Uh, aside from that, I've been playing more Horizon, more Control. Um, and today, I'm I'm looking forward to getting my hands on Soul Hackers Two, 
more Atlas goodness and see where that takes me in the next week. Uh, but aside from the game, so my FOMO set in when I was look, I was on Instagram, right? And I see that our, our friend here, Jay, for the first time ever, he watched uh, certain movies, right? Which I don't know if he'll get into it, whatever. But one of those movies I, I wanted to see. I just I was like, oh man, it's been a while since I've seen it. And I watched the first of the movies, which is uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the the reboots. Mm, and and I, and I was like, wow, I forgot how great this movie was. Like, I, like I had great memories. Like, in absolutely every scene that was happening, I was like, whoa, I remember this. Because I, I, I remember how, how good of a movie it was, and it is. And the thing is, I watched it back, back when it came out, but I never watched the sequel or the trequel. So, I I I decided Man, that, that this that's that's wild. I've never heard anyone refer to the third movie in the trilogy as a trequel. Yeah, I don't know. I made it up. That's what language is. But like the the two other movies, I've only seen the trailers for them. I know that they're good as well. Uh, and in my heart, now with my adult brain, because I saw this when I was a teen. I look at the the Rise of the Planet of the Apes movie, and there's just, it's it's a movie that doesn't waste your time. It truly is a movie that just gets right to it. Every single scene has purpose. Every single thing that happens has meaning to it. Like it, it it's incredible the development of that of that chimpanzee. My guy, Caesar is the goat. <laughs> Caesar is like the greatest monkey. To ever live, <laughs> or the, the greatest <laughs> ape, rather. Say that. The greatest. Uh, excuse ape. me, it's it's Harambe. Harambe is the greatest. Oh, oh right, right, right. Remember, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> out for Harambe. Harambe. What is it? Something out for Harambe. Uh, Something. No, 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 no. no. The, <laughs> the, the <laughs> So this week, I'm I'm ready to get my hands on those other two movies, and I I guess I'll watch them on Amazon. Uh, I'll rent them or something because I don't think any streaming service has them. Um, yeah, that's what I do. So I'm a I'm a rent those bad boys and, and experience more ape goodness. Uh, aside from that, man, I went to the concert. That was a blast, and quite frankly, not not much else. I've been waiting for Better Call Saul to hit Netflix, but I don't think that's happening until next year. So I might have to do a free trial for Paramount because I'm not gonna pay for Paramount or or AMC. Is it AMC Plus? And and watch the final season. Uh, I hear it's like Wait, it's not on Netflix. No, it's they release it first on AMC, and then months later, maybe a year later, they release it on Netflix. Did uh, you know? Did you know that Sony is also like behind that show as well? So, oh, really? Yeah, Sony Pictures, which is so. Here, let me just say this really quickly. I I think Sony Pictures, like their television division, is far better than their movie division. Like just thinking about like Cobra Kai, you have yeah. Better Call Saul, you have The Boys, oh right? wow, you have the wheel, the Wheel of Time, like just those four shows alone. And I think they also did The Crown on Netflix. I want to say, which is big, uh, yeah, yeah, which I know is also really good. So like, mm. yeah, like I'm for for places of productions and their TV endeavors. I think Horizon's a TV show, right? And then also yeah. God of War, mm-hmm. is a TV show. I'm really confident in those, man. Yeah, man. I mean, the quality, and not only in terms of, you know, being great shows and all, but the themes and all these shows, they're all very much, you know, 
drama, like thriller, very ju just suspense forward shows. And I think that Horizon and God of War have those themes very, like very much prevalent in them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Uh, but yeah, better call, dude. It sucks because I mean, I, I, I know myself. And I'll spoil myself if I want to because I cannot. I I get anxiety if I don't know certain things about a show that I'm not able to watch. So I already know the ending. I already know certain key points of the show, but I know that once I watch it, I'm gonna be just dragging myself. I'm gonna be shitting and vomiting like everywhere because. <laughs> I hear that Better Call Saul officially is like like I, the comparisons I've seen on Twitter is like surpassing shows like Sopranos and, and it's like whoa, bringing them back the OGs it's like insane. So yeah, I'm hearing um I heard in a podcast that people were saying that they wouldn't they can see why people would like Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad even though both are amazing. Yeah. No, and I do agree the writing is leagues beyond you know far above than than breaking bad doesn't make the breaking bad bad i just uh, i just think that the writers themselves they were like oh we're better now <laughs> because after they did breaking bad they just make improved as writers um because it is the same uh creators so yeah knowing that it sticks to landing i'm definitely gonna watch it because i didn't want to watch it then get invested in it doesn't stick to landing because we've seen that already yeah for sure so, but this one glad this one does yeah and the good thing is that uh the last two episodes uh the penultimate one is directed by one of the co-creators and the last one is directed by the other co-creator so they're like finishing off with themselves as they started so it's pretty cool um but yeah man that that has been that has been me this this week how about y'all so do you want to go? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can go. Uh, so yeah, these uh, past two weeks have been crazy. Um, I've watched seven movies. Woo! Um, wow. yeah, just things that what I a screen junkie. Have, uh, yeah, rare, a rare, a rare moment for me to actually do that. Uh, just movies that I feel like um I've just missed out on and and wanted to to catch up on. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about them this podcast. I think I'll I'll save them for for or uh, the next time that we get on here. Mm. Um, just because I I have a, uh, some other things to talk about. But just really quick, yeah, I watched the Planet of the Apes trilogy, um, start to finish, absolutely incredible. The one thing I'll say is that I feel like with movie trilogies, there's always like a like a one that sticks out like a sore thumb right like for the dark knight trilogy everyone will say it's it's rise for the spider-man trilogy everyone will say it's spider-man 3 um you know for the uh matrix movies it's always you know the two sequels right mm -hmm. but with the planet of the apes ones there's not in my opinion there's not a bad movie in that trilogy oh it wow. is, it's it's fucking fantastic uh start to finish um i have to agree have to yeah agree. and like caesar like well like what what a fucking character man um, that's yeah, insane absolutely. that the character that when you say man Caesar what a character in my in your mind like you imagine people oh what what who is it it's an ape and it's like it's insane it's crazy how how they made it work and the, so the CG holds up I think for these movies oh yeah uh, but it's not like they they came out like you know 20 30 years ago I mean the last one but came out in 2017 so. you can watch stuff from five years ago and it'll look like it came out in like 10 years ago 
you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, just, just his evolution as, as a character um, is is incredible, man. Um, so yeah, I love that trilogy. Uh, the other trilogy I watched uh, was Alien. Alien, Aliens, and the oh, Alien 3. Oh, you motherfucker. I was wow. going to do that this week too, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just couldn't find a where to actually get the movies. Uh, Amazon Prime, baby. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So we'll watch, watch that and fucking Ripley, man. What, what a character as well. Man, um, I, uh, I was thinking about it all week of watching all three of those movies because I've been watching... Um, a YouTube series where it breaks down like all monster movies. So I watched one for Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, and I watched Alien. I'm like, oh my god, they're so intricate with the aliens. I want to need to watch the movies now. Yeah, I'm oh, actually man. watching like a almost three hour documentary on it right now. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's funny because like I, I mean, you guys know me. Like I, I, my movie history is like really bad. Like I. I don't watch a ton of movies um in terms of like the classics like you could you could like name 10 classics and i've probably seen like two or three of them like i i still haven't even seen terminator or the matrix for instance right um me neither boy so yeah so uh watching alien one was so interesting because right it came out in 1979 and um you know maybe star wars is the only other 70s movie that i can say i watched Mm -hmm. um and with alien like i don't know man it was just like obviously knowing that that's a movie that came out you know during that time period there's just something about that movie or just i guess movies being made in that time period that just feels like i don't know it's it's just so charming right because you can tell that it's like (laughs) you know it's old as hell but like i don't know like it it just felt like comfortable like being in you know <laughs> like i don't know it's it's hard to explain but like i don't know i just felt it was, it was really charming because like mm. obviously they had you know the constraints of the time period and the things that they were able to work with then yeah i don't know they still and like every most of it is is practical right there's no, like at least to my knowledge there's not like it's not being riddled with cgi and shit like that right so mm. i don't know man it just it just felt like I don't know more earnest if that's even like something i can say yeah um, like it feels like more um creative crafted. Yeah, yeah yeah more creative if, if if that's the case you feel like that with this one i really suggest watching um uh the first halloween movie in the yeah. 19, late 1970s that one i thought i was gonna just be like oh it's so cheesy and corny but no it's it holds up and it's so good, man. Like that's one you have to watch if you like Alien. Cause nice. falls into that, that limelight of horror movies back then that had to be really creative because they couldn't show all the deaths on the scene because they just didn't have, you know, the 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 manpower or the like the actual like tools to do all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, and then I actually haven't finished Alien Three yet. Um, <laughs> still making my way through that. How long is it? Uh, uh, it's not. It's not that long. It's pretty much like in. In I. I think a, maybe a little bit longer than Aliens, but it's not like super long. It's just because like I. I was falling asleep. Um. Because it was oh, late. Okay. Um, okay. It was late. Uh, it wasn't boring. Well, mm-hmm. that movie is. Ugh, that movie is rough. Rough. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what I hear too. Actually. Right. Right from the jump, man. It's. It's fucking weird. Um. So yeah. Uh. Alien 3 is, is Alien 3, unfortunately. Uh, but Alien and Aliens are fucking fantastic. Um, so, nice. yeah, Masa, we can definitely talk about that more once you rewatch the, the trilogy. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll watch it for, I'm watching it for the first time, so I'll watch it this oh, week, cool. and we could talk about it next week. Cool. That's a trilogy um, that I've never seen either. <laughs> and then um, after that, um, I also found time to go and watch uh, Bullet Train in, in theaters. Yes, sir! Nice. Yeah, fun movie, man. Really, really fun. So movie. fun. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so the main thing that I did... Uh, these past two weeks, uh, boys, I finished uh, three games. What? Love three games, like Damn. back to back. To back. My man was yeah. efficient this week. Or yeah. The past two weeks. Yeah. So knocked out Stray. Um, pretty honestly, not too much to say. It was it was fun being a cat. That's my review. <laughs> that's, that's all I really got to say. Um, I really like the the cyberpunk aesthetic. Obviously, the the soundtrack is a is a banger. Um, some of the little towns that you get to inhabit are, um, really dense and, uh, just really cool to, to walk around in. Um, so yeah, had a good time. Obviously, I, I don't, I don't regret, you know, buying it or whatever. Um, yeah, just, uh, just a fun time being a cat. That's why we're <laughs> Official review. <laughs> well, like, how are, like, the, um, like that? Do you like the level design? Was it was that as hot up as everyone was saying? It was? I mean, yeah, that's what that's that's what I was saying is that uh, the first major city, I think it's called the slums, maybe um, that one, and then the other major city that you go to are um, they're not the biggest you know places or anything like that, but uh, you could definitely kind of get lost in them. Um, I found myself uh just really like being lost several times just trying to find where i'm supposed to go um there's no like uh you know a map telling you hey here go here you know or um you know you have to people are really hard to find in that game specific characters um especially because the first level especially is is really vertical as well so like you gotta there's the ground level that you have to work with as well as sort of the upper levels um, as well, so um, again, not the biggest levels or cities, but they um, they utilize the space very, very well by making them vertical. And a lo- there's a lot of interiors as well. There's a ton of NPCs. Um, so yeah, cool. Um, I thought that stuff was pretty nice. Um, the other game is uh, Macho. I finished Horizon Forbidden West. Let's go, baby. Yeah, um, that final boss fight on hard is a bitch, dude. It's wild, right? I, I, I fucking hated it. I died maybe like eight times, I want to say. Um, because Aloy's goddamn movement, man. I hate her movement, man. I don't, that, I don't that get... hard difficulty is something else, brother. It is. Her, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I didn't have like this much trouble with her moves, like her move set in the last game, but just for whatever reason, I just felt like she wasn't doing like what I wanted her to do. There would be times where I'm like running, aw- trying to run away, and she's in a crouch position instead. Um, <laughs> when you get hit, she just wants to take a nap on the floor, and I'm like pressing the circle button, like come <laughs> yeah. on, like get the fuck up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, kind of like an Elden Ring, I, f- I had that problem as well, but um, yeah, Aloy just taking a little bit of a nap before she, she wants to get up, and then she's oh, okay, I, I need to go. Yeah, um, no, that's the one thing people hate about that game, remember? Yeah, I, I hated so, about that game too, I was like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, yeah, so a lot of that, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, 
I, I still think I like the story. The story in, in Zero Dawn is a lot cleaner for me than it is here. Um, mm. I Obviously, I, I love, you know, pr pretty much like every other facet in Forbidden West is, is a step up, in, in my opinion. Uh, I just like those. I just prefer the story in Zero Dawn more than Forbidden West. Um, we can obviously get into that in you know whenever we decide to do a, a spoiler cast. But yeah, stop buying them damn games and finish them. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, man. But I'm Matt. I'm excited. I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic for the future to see what they do with the future. Um, yeah, I knew I knew you're gonna go that route. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I can see a couple people are gonna be hesitant. Other people are gonna be really excited." Yeah. So... Do you say it all at every game? No, especially with this one, though. Like, you'll see when you get there. Oh, you just have to be there, man. It's just yeah, so no man. Yeah, no shit. Well, you gotta be there. To see it. Yes. <laughs> Fundamentally, human experience, good sir. Yeah, I have to finish so, it. Um. So yeah, man. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I liked. Uh, you know, Katalo was obviously a standout. Really loved him. Like, here, here's how you know, like characters work for me in in these kinds of games is if I go out and make the the effort to go out and do their uh, you know like companion quests and whatnot so like obviously I did Catalos, I did Alva's I did uh, Zoe's all the others y'all can get y'all can get the fuck out of here I didn't do I didn't do um, Aaron's I didn't do uh, Varl's I didn't do uh, I think that's I think that was it but yeah uh, I did. I did some of them. I didn't do the others, um, but overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The Damn other man. game, though, guys, mm -hmm. my fucking game of the year, Roller Drum, man. Wow. What? What a goddamn game, Macho. You you played it, right? Yeah, I played for thirty five minutes because that's how long the trial was. <laughs> <laughs> Buy that game, man. <laughs> Support that game. <laughs> This game is fucking awesome, man. Um, I think I think what was really telling for me about this experience was like um, when I play. Um, this doesn't necessarily have to be in like multiplayer games, but just games that give you like leaderboards. I I don't ever look at them like ever, but I found what I was doing with this game was uh, they do give you leaderboards to see to see like you know how your score stacks up against your friends or just you know in in the world in general mm. and after every level I'm always checking to see okay how did I do how did I place um, did I beat Mr. Babbitt's score oh, yes of course <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, how did I do in the world ranking as well oh I got top 50 in the world damn sweet um, wow yeah 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 so um th that was like one of the biggest like moments where i was like oh i'm really into this game if i'm doing that yeah um, they're all so, their other game ali ali world did that to me where i was constantly looking at the leaderboard just to see like oh wait no i can do better i can i totally messed up here i can totally make this flip or something exactly right that's it's um it's that classic thing of like um, you finish a level and immediately, I mean, another way that you can tell that you really love a game is, uh, you finish the level and you're like, oh, I can do better. Let, let me, let me get that one more time, you know, and you retry and you go through the level again and again and again and again until you get the, you know, the highest score that you possibly can. 
Oh, you know what man, that sounds that... like too? That inter- quick interruption. You know what that sounds like? What? Zifu. Mm. Nice. Mm. Um, but mm. yeah, man. So I mean, this this game, uh, to, in case anybody doesn't know, is uh, essentially. I mean, the the biggest comparison everyone says is Tony Hawk with guns, and it is just the mechanics are so fucking smart, man. Where, um. You know, you're you're rollerblading. You're doing all these tricks, or you're being placed into these arenas, and they give you maybe like tw- over like about 20 enemies is is where it starts. Um, mm. The goal of every level is kill all 20 enemies uh, within a certain time frame, and you get to go on to to the next level. Um, but the true like that's that sounds pretty straightforward. But the true complexity of it comes in with. You have you four weapons, but they all are very limited in terms of like the ammo that you carry, right? So like dual pistols only has twelve bullets. The shotgun has like four bullets. The rock, the grenade launcher has two, uh, you know, grenades in it. Uh, very very low, which means you can't you know just be riding around like killing everything in one go. You have to do tricks in order to reload your weapons. Um, but the other cool thing is that like unlike Tony Hawk where you actually have to focus on like your positioning or else you'll fall off your board uh, in this game you don't have to worry about falling off like at all and to some people you might you might look at that and be like oh well that kind of removes the you know the skill of the game and it's like no dude if you were if you had to worry about falling in this game that would ruin the momentum like the momentum is everything and flow is everything in this game um, to me this game uh, resembles uh, like Ghost Runner, um, in a sense of like, or even even like Walt, like a good Souls uh, kind of dual boss fight, mm. um, where you're just trading blows. Like you're not even like like kind of like everything is just happening like, happening instinctively. You're not even like thinking about button inputs. It's just like a dance, right? You're just like right. this flow. Um, that's how this game was to me where like i just i'm not even like looking at my controller i'm not even thinking about oh okay i I need to uh as soon as he does this i need to do this like no like everything is just like i i'm just like one with the game just like running with it in parallel and i think um, the the game that did that was uh last did that for me uh was solar ash i think yeah i can see that um yeah for me the last one was was ghost runner absolutely um, and that game gets absolutely insane because if you get hit, you die. So you have to really be like in, in yeah. That that game is is so, like it resembles this one a lot to me, mm. um, in in that sense. But um, yeah, man, th- this game is 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 just fucking awesome. Like just the pure joy that I had, just like knocking off levels and trying to get better at them, um, and and the, the enemy variety is really really cool because uh, you know once. You kind of progress through the game they're going to introduce more and more enemies that need to be taken down in certain ways and that's where the different weapons kind of uh feed into it um sure you can use your dual pistols for majority of these things but like once you see a riot shield enemy for instance it'll be a lot easier to slug him with your shotgun first and then pull out your dual weapons to finish him off um, if you see one of the shield guys with their rail guns, do you need to hurry up and use your dual pistols? And but the thing is, is that that's going to use an entire clip just to kill those guys before they bring out their shields. If they do bring out their shields, then it's really really annoying because then your combo could uh, possibly die, right? Because this game is all about getting as high a combo as you possibly can in order to like, you know, get the highest possible overall score. 
Um, so that's that's again where the flow state comes in. You constantly want to be killing enemies. Um, you don't ever want to let that combo run out. Um, if you see the mech uh, sort of enemies, you got to switch to your grenade launcher um, to knock them out, right? So it's this constant sort of like push and pull of like quick, quick, th like uh, second decisions of like, okay, which which uh, gun do I want to use in this moment right now? Um, and those things should just be happening like on the fly. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a fantastic game. I, I really, really loved it. Um, and it only it's it's crazy because uh the ps5 says i only spent like seven hours in it but like man like i this this was the only game i was playing for like it felt like a week man um so yeah i i really loved it um yeah i, I don't know what else to say man it was a really good game um matcha did you enjoy it hold on sorry my fiance came in the room just jumped around <laughs> exciting news uh <laughs> are you gonna be um, a dad no. Oh. <laughs> no. Way too soon for that, buddy. Okay. No, but, um, but yeah, for the 35 minutes I played Rollerdrome, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, again, I, I wish I didn't have... I wish I had a little bit of a longer trial to get like a more of like a good like taste of it. Because yeah, what a 35... Yeah, man. Well, I limited time and limited funds right now. I got a wedding coming up. So, no. <laughs> so, um, but, so the amount of time that I actually did put into it, though... Um, I had to say that yeah, I, I I I was expecting Tony Hawk with guns, but it feels like a lot more than that, and uh, yeah. it, it really speaks to what you're saying, like the flow of like just going from throughout the stage and kind of not really strategizing around, I guess like what you're gonna be doing, but it's more of like going with the flow in the moment. I think that's really like, that that's like a really like magic about like this game that I caught on like as soon as I finish, as soon as I start like the second level, I was like, oh, this is how you should play the game. Because yeah. me trying to land the tricks, that was the first thing I was worried about. Like when I was in the tutorial, right. I was like, oh, I got to land these tricks. I got to land frontward. Or, you know, or else I'm going to fall. But that's the thing. Like, you don't need to do that. And I think that's really cool and really smart. Because then once you realize that it's not that kind of game, then you get to really lend yourself to, you know, what it, what it's really about. And that's why yeah. I reference Sifu. Because mm -hmm. it's the exact same thing where... Um, you, you know, you're expected to land like the perfect parries and all that stuff, but it's not really about that. It's also just about reacting and and the pushing flow forward. Of mm hmm Exactly. But you, so, but you could also get super intricate with the tricks too, if you want. If that's if that's more your thing. If you're super skilled, you can you can do the super intricate, complicated tricks, going from one trick directly into another, uh, while you're killing enemies all at the same time too. So like it has that as well. If you want to get super um you know if if you want to make it more challenging um which is cool man um yeah yeah no that's that's that's, that's really awesome yeah yeah my future self is having a blast with it i haven't played the game yeah yeah <laughs> it's, play, it's a lot of fun i I, um, I i think i think the art style alone is like just amazing. oh my god <laughs> well, yeah like i absolutely adore that art style man it is it's timeless dude it is it's fucking timeless um, just that that sort of like cell shading, no textures kind of thing. Just really, I'm I'm just always a fan of just like big bold colors, you know. So like, um, every time you die, it just throws up this big ass like red screen that says like eliminated, or every time you win, it's this big ass yellow screen that says victory. Um, even when you start the game, right? Um, that first arena that you go into, and it's like this dark uh, black and red tunnel. 
uh, that you're like zooming through before you actually jump into the level, and then it just like plasters across the screen, the screen in just big letters, roller drum, right? Like I, I love that kind of shit, dude. Um, so yeah, the art style is awesome. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those games that it's gonna hold up, man. It's 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 gonna hold up. Um, yeah. And it's like, and it's less than like a gig as well on 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 ps5 so like honestly like, this is a game that like I, I just deleted horizon off my my hard drive yesterday this is a game that's going to be on my hard drive like honestly i could see it till like the end of the end of the generation because it's less than a gig and also it's just one of those games that i can easily just even though i finished it like i could easily just jump in there you know play a quick you know i mean each each match is like three minutes you know, so just jump in there, you know, play through a couple levels just for fun, and and hop out. Right? It's it's definitely one of those games. It's um, the Destruction All Stars killer. Yeah. You say you say that, and <laughs> which is funny. I almost downloaded it again last night. Yeah, um, <laughs> man, yeah. you really are like it's like a drug. It's like, mm, should I? <laughs> yeah. Man. Um. But yeah, man, that's Rollerdrome. What what a game, man. Like for me, like just in general i mean obviously it's my game of the year but like one of the best games of the year like bar none if you guys have not played it like to to the people who are watching pick up roller drum man you will not regret it uh macho what yes you sir been playing this week uh yeah i've been actually playing a handful of games well <laughs> kind of like only like three games actually <laughs> that is a handful you think so? I don't know man yeah, I, it's pretty wild back in the day I, I bought like three or four games at once when i was in high school um damn yeah, man, that was, uh, what was it? Rayman, Legends, Origins, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and a couple others, yeah. That was a wild year. Um, okay, sorry, I'm reminiscing. I'm being an old man right now. There's a lot of thoughts going in my head. Oh. Um, but first of all, yeah, so what I've been playing for the past week has been, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, man. I mean, we talked about it a lot in the last podcast, so, where I touched on just about a little bit of everything that I wanted to in that game, but obviously I put more time into it. I got, like, near 50 hours into the game right now. And I am. This is this is a game that's just on the level of Tales of Arise and Final Fantasy VII Remake for me, where it's like on, and even Live Alive and and Triangle Strategy. That's just like these are like again the JRPG Renaissance that I was talking about. Soul, like this is yeah. again this is one. Of the, it just keeps getting better and better and better. Mm. And I think as far as like a Xenoblade game and the, and the whole trilogy itself, this is one that's like really close to contending with one for me as being like my favorite in the entire trilogy. And that's saying a lot for me because when I first played Xenoblade Chronicles 1, I, I kept on saying, like, this is one of my favorite games of all time because I just loved it so much. Like, it was just one of those things that was like a Final Fantasy VII for me. Where, like, the first time I played, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I'm getting that same vibe here with 3. I'm loving the characters more than 1, which is, again, another surprise for me. Um, the world is just so much fun to explore, man. There's so much interactivity with it that you're just not, you're never bored. Um, one of the things that made Xenoblade Chronicles 1 so fun was like the fact that when you're exploring, you're essentially traversing on a dead titan. So there's always some weird scenery to look at. When you look up to the sky, you see like one of the giant sword like impaling on the other one. Um, and all of it is different too because one's like an actual like, green, um, vibrant life uh, uh, giant, and the others are full of mechanic ones. So you can see the differences when you're visiting each one. But for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, at least, it's very much the kind of the 
it's sort of like the normal JRPG, open world JRPG, where you can see that you know you see your forests, you see your settlements and and, and other uh, factories, stuff like that. But what makes it so different is again the way you interact with it. There's just way more stuff to look at, to do, and to collect. You actually can see different animals fighting each other. You can interrupt those attacks, and you can side with one side, one set of the um, of the, uh, the the a faction, and you get different rewards based on which one you do. Um, the side quests themselves are very are very much uh, exploration based, and you'd be taking characters with you and uh, actually and, you know embarking on those quests and stuff like that. And there's always something really cool to look at. Like it's a very well designed world, and that's something that makes it so much fun to play too. Um, on top of that, the the music I would say, well, because I know we touched on this with like Tales of Rise and a couple other stuff. Like we know, like I love music and games, and Zelda Chronicles Three felt like it was lacking a bit mm. in the beginning part. But the more like I keep exploring, like the more I'm like in, actually being enveloped and like and going to different places, it just feels so characteristic that even if it's not the greatest soundtrack that Xenoblade's put out, is definitely the one that's uh, that's still memorable. Like it feels like yeah, this is a Xenoblade game, and and, and this is Z- it's specifically a Xenoblade Chronicles Three because there's so many defining elements of it, and you hear that through the music too. And there's good synergy re- between the actual game and the and the music. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's a perfect word to, to use, the synergy of it. Because even when I was booting up this morning, and I was going through an area I already been to before, I started you know, started having more of a tuned ear to the music. I was like, oh, God, it's actually like, like it fits the vibe of what I'm doing and what's going on and mm. stuff like that. So right. it's really good. Um, I also mentioned last time that they have this job system that you can, each character is more flexible in what they can do in the battlefield because they can be assigned a job and they could be either the defender, the healer. You love your job systems. I love my job systems, man. I love them. And this one has, it's it's, it's, interesting, it's interesting because Bravely Default and Default 2 um, are very good about this, about this job system. They have at least like 20 to 30 or something like that, I think, of jobs. You can have, each are really cool. And fun, and the, what makes like this system so unique is that each game has different names and meanings and, and, and gameplay styles for each job that's been put in. Mm. So a healer is not just a healer. It's, sometimes it could be like a melee healer, and one of the ones that's in this game is the one that uses a... Um, is it nunchucks? What I'm thinking of? The two bars that are, 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 are chained together? Uh, right? uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Nunchucks, yeah. So one like uses like a huge... like energy nunchuck that they just thrust oh. out at, at enemies but they use that to heal everybody too it's just like it's so cool um my question macho yeah. however because mm-hmm. xenoblade i have never played one i've played two uh i, I didn't be it because these games are very massive uh that yeah, one i never yeah. finished but i love the game uh i'm gonna go back and finish it at some point uh the voice acting. A lot of people had troubles with the voice acting in Xenoblade 2 because uh, it was very theatrical. It it was a bit exaggerated at times. Uh, how is the VA here in Xenoblade 3? Much, 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 much better. Oh, okay, so like in and comparison... I'm not, even, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's way better. Um, okay. Let's just say this. For... For Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I switched to Japanese dubs because I just didn't. Oh, you can switch, okay. Yeah, you can. Yeah, in all the games, you can switch to Japanese or English dubs if you're not feeling like the English side of it. But um, but for Xenoblade Chronicles 1, I loved it. 
and then for three, I it's it's again it's way better. Like um, one came out in 2011, so you're gonna hear some stiltedness. You're gonna hear like a little bit of kind of cliche, maybe a little bit of cheesiness, cheesiness in it. But in three, it feels like it's grown up. It's a lot like Tales of Arise and their and their dialogue and how it's delivered and their and their writing stuff like that. Where it just feels like these characters would be saying some of these things, mm. but then there's other times too where like they have the anime moments. Like one of the girls, her name is Senna, that you play as. Mm. It was a very comical. Is scene that the big, one. the big hammer girl? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so she's like walking past. So the, the camera's like st- it's fixed, and then you see her just kind of walking across. She she goes past the camera angle, and she walks back, looks back at the camera, and she I kid you not, she literally says this, guys gasp the food is gone like she says the word gasp (laughs) 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 so so it's again so it had like those really quirky anime moments but like it's very few and far in between Mm. it doesn't ruin any like actual like story pivotal dramatic moment either like the voice voice actors are really really well done okay that's good to hear because you'll, yes. you'll be listening to these mofos for a lot, a lot of time. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. And the thing is, um, I think the two main characters, really, the ones that are kind of um, really the driving points of, of both of like the opposing groups, uh, Mio and Noah, both of them do like a really great job of adding some drama to their characters. Because the thing is, like, they're very like, uh, they're they're very down to earth and how they think and, and certain things and very they think very deeply about what it means to be human what does it mean to live and all this kind of stuff and a lot of their dialogue between them two is very natural it feels very like you know they think about these things a lot because of the entire premise of Xenoblade 3 is that these kids essentially are born to fight they're born to uh, to to actually kill and that's their life. Their life is to kill and to fight. So when that disruption comes into their lives, they immediately start thinking about, well, why do we fight? Why do we live and stuff like that? And it's never it never feels like it's too cliche. It, it always feels like it's like it's they're talking about real things and stuff that real people will talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. So they do a really great job. Zimbabwe Congress three so far, I'm like chapter four, I think. Maybe the end of chapter three. Um, apparently, there's even more stuff to go. And from hearing, like the later chapters, just do an incredible job with the story. And I think Kate and Krista podcast. Well, yeah, I think Krista yeah. was saying that uh, one part made her cry. Yeah, she 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 mentioned that she made she got to that that one part that people keep referencing at the end of chapter four or something, which is like it's it hit her. And yeah. and when you talk of when. When a video game has a moment, like when we la- when we talk Last of Us, it's like, oh, wait until you part, you know, past that part in the beginning, you're gonna be like, it's like what part? And you, we know what part, you know, with Joel. So it's like yeah. games when they have a moment, oh, you know that that moment's gonna be, it's gonna be juicy, you know? Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, specifically on Last of Us, my moment is uh, Henry. Mm. That, mm. that rock, that rocked me to my core. Um, but yeah, no, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 so far is just incredible. I love it so much. Um, I'm, I'm just enjoying what it is right now. I'm not rushing through it and just taking my sweet time with it. It's it's mm. absolutely just another JRPG in the Switch lineup for 2022. It's just like, yeah, they're dominating right now. Like This year is, is scrumptious yeah. for JRPG. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And speaking of that, the other one I've been playing is Final Fantasy XIV. Nah. Of course. Of course. Um, is it free? Patch system. <laughs> I don't got my bug. Damn it. I've got the, the tagline. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but I've been playing the new patch, patch 6.2, that comes with the new island sanctuary. So you essentially get like, your own island where you can Whoa. farm crops, you can you know raise animals. Farming can... simulator? It's essentially Stardew Final Fantasy XIV. Yes, Bro. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This 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 piece of content was the uh, enabler to get my coworker to start playing, and she just finished a Rumble Born last night. So wow, she's, she's dude, do you Jay and I have to have our own farm now? <laughs> I'll, I'll name it the Shock and Sense Island. The Shock and Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, come visit. Yeah, anybody who plays Final Fourteen, come visit my island, the Shock and Sense Island. <laughs> um, but yeah, so far, I mean, this patch has been amazing so far. I just finished the, the actual story last night, and I love the characters they're introducing. And we're it's we're essentially coming off of like the big pivotal moment of Endwalker, where you're supposed to feel like just an adventurer. You're not the hero anymore. You're not the savior. You're just someone that wants to explore the world and help people. And uh, we kind of got to a new realm last night, where we got a lot of really cool introductions from past Final Fantasy games, um, some cool villains, and awesome music an incredibly hard boss fight i did last night that i was tripping nutsacks up hey yo <laughs> <laughs> I was tripping nuts. it was crazy dude and then um yeah it's just a very it's very chunky patch man there's a lot of stuff to do in this game or this in this patch alone and uh all of it's been super fun and i've just been absolutely been enveloped by it um it's been it's been incredible the pvp will piss me off though the, the actual crystalline conflict because it's like Overwatch mm. where you have to like move a payload except you move a crystal hardy hard you know Final Fantasy uh, um, the elemental crystals yeah but it's a it's a 5v5 team based mode and it's randomized and who actually is on the other team so you can have 5 DPS on one team and then like 2 tanks a healer and a DPS on the other so it can create some really imbalanced moments and just piss you off but there's a lot of great rewards tied to it so I'm, I'm farming it um yeah i mean if you guys want to see it check out the stream yesterday like the first like half an hour or so i was just raging because pvp sucked I hate where it. can they check that that stream <laughs> yeah might as well man i was i was like what the hell dude it's, it's so aggravating but um regardless yeah it's been a lot of fun the past couple weeks with these two games and then um yeah a little bit of multiverse too so it's just about it Multiverses, uh, man! I can't wait until Walter White is in that game, man. <laughs> Hopefully, dude. I was waiting for Gandalf, but you know, one of the news that came from the past week—who knows if Lord of the Rings is going to be in this game anymore? So, bro, there's that game has so much potential to have like one of the craziest, like one of the craziest movie TV show rosters ever. You know, because. While Smash does video games, Multiverse is very much is the like you know TV movie a fighter. Yeah. Did you guys see the um, the '90s ad that I sent you yesterday? The '90s ad. That's a no. That's a no. That's no. A, that's no, I think so. You gotta watch it, man. It's it's hilarious. I can't spoil it, but you guys have to watch it. It's so funny. They do a whole, whole bunch of '90s callback. Um, I don't know. You, you, so you never you haven't watched like a lot of old movies yet, but there is like. There was a time where DVDs had like this really weird ad 
that in the beginning of the DVDs were like, don't pirate or stuff like that. Like, and you see like these kids kind of go on a computer and like try to hack and stuff. <laughs> and the whole ad was basically just to say like, don't don't pirate your DVDs. You can go to jail. Like all that stuff. That <laughs> that nineties that nineties throwback is in the this ad for multiverses. And it's so funny, bro. The one that I've seen, I think it's on YouTube is these people are it's a fake computer and there's like a, a paper on the screen that says like percentage and it's like pirating or something and it's like a set like a theater set and all you hear is them like oh like we're gonna be downloading so much good stuff yeah wait look at look <laughs> at this and then some other dude kicks the door down, and you just hear, but it's because the, the speaker blew up, and it's like he's peeking too much, and he's just saying, police, pirating is bad. Come here. You cannot do that. And it's so cringy. Yeah, it has a little bit of that in the, in the ad, but it's it, overall just the whole dialogue is just funny, too, in general. Um, right. They they have like the announcer be like, you know, play as your favorite make believe made up character like Shaggy, <laughs> and you're like zoinks, and then, uh, and then what's the other one? Uh, he's he was like you know Batman, and then LeBron James. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you gotta watch it, man. It's such LeBron a great James. Ad. You guys see it. <laughs> that's crazy, but, man. LeBron James yeah. can fight Batman, and like that's. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, man. It's so zany and cool. LeBron James could could duke it up with Taz in the multiverse. Oh, it's so Taz, dude. That's. <laughs> well, yeah, man. That's all I've been playing, man. Good stuff, man. Nice, man. Sounds like a pretty busy week for you. Yeah. You sound so uninterested. <laughs> so it's like, wow, man. So like, cool story, bro. Tell another one. Yeah, I swear we could be in A and A meeting and so be like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> really, man. Y'all, wow. y'all lost me. Y'all lost me when Wall started making them, them noises. You know, so the, the one, the, 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 the. Yeah, that one, that one right there. That was the one where my mind, my mind started wandering. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, funny boy, you funny man. But, uh, but let's let's uh. let's get through some of these topics, man. Um. I want to remind everyone to uh, go ahead and, and like the podcast, share it out once again. Uh, we got a, a couple of people in the in uh, watching right now live, so that's that's pretty cool. We always welcome, appreciate that. Man. Welcome on in, everyone. Um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, guys. Uh, I, I think I think I made the right decision in uh, avoiding Saints Row like the plague. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> remember that time you said you were really excited to play that? <laughs> Dude, I remember wait, when wait, I said wait, that. Wait, that was that was crazy. I don't think I don't think I was really excited to play that. I said I said you know what I'm I'm intrigued. I think I yeah. said something along those lines. <laughs> I bet. Put your writer brain away, man. You say you're 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 flip floppy excited. You're like I can't wait to to move down. Oh, to gee, Willikers. Oh man, y'all y'all putting some words in my mouth, man. <laughs> I don't think I. Don't think I I don't think those words were ever associated with Central. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so the reviews came out and uh I think it's something at like a like a sixty eight on Metacritic, something around yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, it was pretty much uh, once once we started seeing more gameplay uh, before release, it was pretty much exactly what I think a lot of us were were saying that it just looked like a generic open world game. Um, turns out that uh, it's also really buggy. Uh, mm. The characters are incredibly cringe. <laughs> so it looked um, like it too, man. Dude, the yeah, writing, so... the the specific first miss uh, mission and the writing there where he just starts cursing i uh, my my face caved into my skull and i disappeared <laughs> into another dimension of how much cringe i was experiencing with that damn scene man like it's i, I just saw moist critical play the the game uh and he was having a blast because it was just so bad that it's good like not that it's, it's so bad that it's funny but it is not a, an enjoyable experience. <laughs> it is not a good experience as gameplay wise. Face caved into. Yeah, man. No, I felt like, <laughs> like I was, you know, <laughs> it was like rubber. That's such a great description. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Continue, Jay. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have much else to say, man. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I mean, I I guess it's just pretty much what what people were expecting. I guess it sucks because you know this was supposed to be. Saints Row's big, you know, comeback, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been anything but that, really. It's it's interesting because for me, so here's the thing with Saints Row, uh, you have a lot of people that really, really wanted the old Saints Row, the classic, you know, street level, very grounded, uh, GTA, you know, cartoonish kind of kind of uh, approach. For me, Saints Row, I I play my first Saints Row was Saints Row the third. And that it was, it was bonkers. It was already bonkers. You had jets flying through the city. It was a zombie outbreak. There was a big shield type ship in the in the sky that crashed onto the like it was insane. It was all over the place. You could smack people on the street with the dildo and streak naked. Like it was crazy. Uh, and then four came out and it just went you another selling, level. You were selling a little too hype about that. It was it was crazy, man. I had a blast. Um, smacking people with you know plastic toys. But then Saints Row 4 came out, and that just, they just, they were self-aware, I feel like. They were very cognizant of the fact that, okay, we're, we don't make sense. And they just went full-on alien invasion, you're in a simulation, uh, you have a crew of people on your ship where the simulation takes place in. Uh, there's a DLC where it's a, a returning character that goes into hell and back. Like they, there's a dubstep gone that makes people dance and die. Like it, there's, there's all over the place. So for me, I was like, man, this next Saints Row better be just, just as wacky. Like I enjoy that aspect. I enjoyed those Saints Row specifically. Uh, well, needless to say, they try to go more grounded, but the writing. The world is empty. The gameplay is very uninspired. Apparently, it feels even more dated than the latest entries. What this did, unfortunately, is make me nervous. Nervous for what, you may ask. Or maybe not. Maybe you don't care. I am nervous because Dead Island 2 is coming out next year. And that's a game that you know dying light as opposed to dying light or dying light that has parkour and has all these things going for it dead island is very much just a zombie slasher it depends on its i guess you know characters and how intricate they are in terms of you know how larger than life they are and how bombastic they are i hope that they don't go the route of saints row and start writing this 
generate you know zoomers type dialogue um i don't know man i'm, I'm scared I'm, I'm shaking i'm quivering my boots <laughs> i mean it's two different developers well the thing is that even though it's different developers it's the same kind of vibe that i get of okay it's a returning franchise like but in this day and age i know it's a sequel but how long has it been since we've heard of dead island 2 and seeing as they're going again for the larger than life characters the trailer i looks promising to me but i still worry because i'm you know you just gotta you just gotta be anxious all the time man like a cat yeah, Macho Heart. You saw you saw the reviews. Obviously, what, mm. what were you thinking? Uh, and I was like, oh, oh, that sucks with the development team. <laughs> um, yeah, case in point, man. Because like to see all that stuff, I, I, like you got to wonder like what, what, what went wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything. What yeah. went wrong in the development for for them to even push it out and it to be in a buggy state? Like it's it's it's. You can kind of forgive a game for being bad, even if it's polished, right? But a game that's just not even polished, and you're kind of screwed there, man. Well, yeah. I, I would I would take that a step further and say that there's still some enjoyment to be had with a game that's like quote unquote bad. Um, yeah, you're not but, wrong. Yeah, like I I would, and this might sound wild, but like I would prefer a game that's bad over a game that's just boring. You know, mm. and I think I think that's what this game is. That this game is 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 boring, just straight up boring. And dated. Um, it it's not because, inspired because it feels because it feels like it's a game out of like 2012. Exactly. Um. So, yeah. Like I would. I, I. What I'm trying to say is I would have more fun with a game that's quote unquote bad than just something like Saints Row that just feels like it was made. You know, churned out in a factory, just shit it out, and uh, you know, slapped a sixty dollar price tag and said, here you go. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird. With seeing a game like this, where like you say like it's dated and its mechanics and its open world environment stuff like that. When uh, you know sometimes sometimes people like that kind of thing, but you know, nowadays like you want something that respects your time. And from what I got from this one, it seemed like it just didn't respect your time. So yeah. And and you know what's crazy is very different, very different. But I'm I'm gonna make the comparison still. It's the difference in day in how there's formulas that deserve that need to be changed, and when you there's two games you know Saints Row and another game that came out this year that has dated a dated design, but one of it works more than the other, but it's because of the quality behind it, and I think the other the other game being Elden Ring, where the the design is still a Dark Souls design. It's I would call it an archaic design you know a pretty dated design but it still works out at the end of the day you know with the world and the and the the enemies and the bosses and the music but saints row it's like it's dated but then it has nothing going for it there's no music going for it no character no moments you know the writing itself uh so i think it's it's a nice like duality of games of how both can be dated but it can it can stand on on its own if if it had the right uh right aspects to it yeah there's no carrot on a stick essentially like yeah with those games essentially they, they they like if you really look at it, like resident evil and dark souls games are very similar mm. in a sense of like exploration is key and you're finding things to unlock new things and that kind of um 
that kind of gameplay system just is so addicting and so fun and, and, and rewarding. You just keep on doing it, and next thing you know, you're watching the end credits. And for open world games, it's, it's a lot tougher because you're leaving, you're leaving it to the player to do their own thing and to find those keys to unlock more stuff. But if there's something where it's like it's just not fun in between, you're just overall, if it's not fun, then it's, it's not worth doing. So mm-hmm. why yeah. would I do it? You know? Yeah. So that kind of sucks with this game, but I mean. I just remember playing Saints Row 3 and loving the hell out of that game. Oh, yeah. Getting the Platinum Trophy on it. Oh, wow. So it kind of sucks to... Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I grind it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. It was, a lot, it was a lot of fun. But uh, to that point, though, like, yeah, like... It's kind of sucks to see this game really fall by the wayside. It looks like it has some really cool ideas, but the execution is just not there, which sucks, but... Yeah, and for me, it, it, it truly comes down to to the writing. It, it, it really, because I looked at it and I was like, I can see myself playing this, but only if if, if it was fun to listen to. It is yeah. not fun to listen, dude. There's literally a point where the if you you know different voices have different dialogue at a certain point, where the guy goes. Crap, crap, crappity, crap, 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 crappity, crap, crap. And it's like, what is this? What is happening? Oh, man. What are, are you cursing? What is that going sound, on? That sounds a lot like Gotham Knights dialogue. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, whew. That's, that's, a, that's tough, uh, which that's, that's another, <laughs> another kind of word. But yeah, man, it just, it's crazy how, uh, wh- who approved this? <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. So, exact thoughts right through my head. Yeah, it's very interesting, man. Very interesting. What a, what a time we live in. We live in. Yeah, what a social um, experiment it is. And it's and it's made even worse. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like 2022 was the worst possible year for this game to release, and because you know 2022 has been relatively light on you know big games mm. this was one of you know we we went through a pretty dry spell you know now things are about to pick up but mm. yeah this was the first big game to come out in, a, in what felt like a few months and for this game to be that game you know to to be the one to kind of relieve us of the dry spell uh sucks <laughs> that it had to be this game you know i mean uh, i don't know about dry per se i i do know that there's been a uh like in terms of triple a you know it hasn't been as abundant or as you know these these big big titles that we've come to expect you know year in a yearly basis uh what what new games did you play in june july oh in june july i thought we were speaking of the first half of the year because now it's picking up for the second half of the year but for june july no it's been mostly old games i haven't played any new games but i think for the from uh, January to May, I mean, Sifu, Elden Ring, Horizon, yeah. Kirby, yeah, like you know, uh, Triangle Strategy, like there's been games, but for oh, the summer, three, yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. but I but think no, I'm, I'm saying the, the summer, yeah, that we're yeah that we're in, like pretty much currently, yeah, no, um, yeah, so I yeah, agree. It there sucks that it was it was this game to quote unquote be try to be the one to break us out of that, and you know, nah. Backfired, for me, this is equivalent for me to uh, to a battlefield where it's like the expectations were there and the excitement was there, and you know, in a certain way, but it just. Oof, I I I disagree with that because I feel like this game has had a target on its 
back since day one. The moment that they revealed the sort of dialogue and the sort of vibe that this game was going for, people were like going against this game because like it felt so different from like you know Saints Row one and two that that sort of vibe and aesthetic. Um, so yeah, I, don't, but I do I don't think know I do think that's but I do think that Saints Row had more people playing it and realizing how bad it is. And Battlefield was more of a hearing people and seeing how broken it is and not playing it. I might be just my circle though that that behave that way. Yeah, man, that is uh, Saints Row. Um, it's unfortunate, man. Uh, I guess the next big game is Last of Us Part One that's coming out in a few days. So, um, speaking of the Last of Us um, IP, we got a brief, very, very brief, like. What was it like? Twenty-eight, thirty-second uh, little clip from from HBO that was showing sort of like what's coming up in the near future for the platform. Um, I thought it was very interesting that the, like the placement of the last was. I don't know if you guys like noticed that. That I think they opened with House of the Dragon and then they closed with The Last of Us. So I think I think that goes to show you, you know, that HBO is definitely like looking at last of us like this is going to be their next big thing um which is so, really interesting actually yeah because there's only yeah. two games in the entire series yeah which 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 was definitely a question i've been thinking about it's like man like what are they going to do after this <laughs> are they just going to go <laughs> exactly. straight to part because this isn't a thing like you know game of thrones where they could make eight seasons out of it unless unless they're like okay season one is only the summer section from last of us uh, mm. part one and they break it up like that which i don't think they will no but um, i can see them doing two seasons and doing summer fall and winter spring i can see them doing that all right i i, I don't know knowing hbo though they're when it comes to their shows they're very much open and closed um so yeah. i've seen this one being very much all Just the, the one season game yeah. okay I mean that's that interesting to, like to obviously do. they can obviously you can like you know give them the carrot on the stick and be like but the thing is, even with Game of Thrones I like, get a very much like defining opening and closing for each season with obviously ties to the next season stuff like that and and more questions to be answered but with Last of Us I feel like you can it's a very good like one season kind of thing but if you did want to put into multiple seasons there's also that too because that's why they're probably introduced as all these different characters. Well, yeah, to be fair, yeah, they did show, I mean, up to the snow area. So they are they are doing up to winter at the very least. What yeah. I I wonder if they'll even touch on... Bless you. Bless you. Uh, I wonder if it will do... Uh, they'll even get to spring, which I think that's where a lot of the beauty or a lot I mean, of the... They, they, showed, they showed literally the scene where... Joel says, you know, the whole you're you're on thin ice, you know, that whole my my favorite part of the the entire game. That, that conversation. It's in that fall, right? In spring. No, that happens. In it's spring. in spring, really. Yeah, it's or, in spring. Wait, is it in winter? No, it's it's the whole Jackson Dam area, so that might actually be That's fall. No, no. No, that's fall. No, no. Yeah. Are you Is it not? Sure? Oh, okay, it takes place after winter. Okay. So it is spring. Is it? Yeah, and huh. fall fall is the last section of the game where mm. you take Ellie to the hospital. That's fall. No, that's spring. No, that 
That's spring. No, that's Man, spring. What kind of places podcasts are we? Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. This is okay. Okay. No, okay. This is this is gonna this bother is me the whole week. We we need to break this down. Okay. No. So, wi- look, look, look. Winter, summer. Winter. Winter is literally the section where you play as Ellie. Yes, <laughs> wow, it is. We all agreed. Yes. It okay. Is. And what it comes is. after winter? Spring. Spring which is which is where you go to Jackson, right? Uh, Tommy's yeah. whole area. That's spring. That's also the moment where you have the the conversation with ellie in that room the best part of the game to me mm-hmm. uh where she's like you know every everyone has left me except for fucking you that's that's spring and then fall or no okay, no okay, okay. gotcha, gotcha. that's not summer, spring no, summer is the hospital part yeah yeah the gotcha. game ends the game ends at summer gotcha yeah. gotcha fall is the beginning of the game no it starts with wait am i going crazy right now am i am i like delirious I, keep it? going. I need to research no, some. No, I, some, no, I think the game. I think the game this. starts at fall. I think the game starts at fall. No, I, <laughs> I think I think fall. <laughs> okay, I think it does start in summer. Fall. I remember. So when you like Macho, you're just talking about the the Henry death scene. I think the moment when uh, Henry dies doesn't it, it, the screen goes black and then and then it says fall. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Fall happens after am, am, am I, yes, it I, does. And then fall, you go and meet Tom, uh, Tommy, or he takes you to Jackson, and that's when when the whole you know uh, everyone's left me except for you. And then after that, winter, and that's when Joel okay. gets messed up. You're right. You're right. I so played the game, so when, when did they go? <laughs> I, I got confused too, and I played the game. But when did they go to the university? I'm trying to remember when they went to the university. I, I think that's that was... fall. That's fall. Okay, so in my head, I was thinking that was spring, but you know, no, what? spring is the last yeah. section where the giraffe is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, never, I'll never doubt you again. All right. Yeah. So it's because he's looking it up. That's why. Don't, yeah, don't I didn't look it up. Time. There's no way to look it up. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not give him his flowers, man. I take yeah, no, flowers. no, no, no. Hey. Remember, he's looking. Up, he's he's getting all confident and reading his voice because he's he's looking at Wikipedia. That's why. No, there's no. When I look up, <laughs> when I look up Last of Us season, it just says, "Oh, Last of Us HBO is gonna have one season." It's like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. So I I am depending on my mind. Anyways, uh, so, so so you do admit to to looking it up in the But I never place. I never found it. But I said it at the beginning. I was right all along, guys. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a, cheat, that's a cheater's mentality right there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. copium. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> but uh, but um, what were anyways, we talking about? I think, I think the show the show looks great. The show looks yeah, great. it looks fantastic. And and Pascal delivers his line like a champ. At least that the little that we get. And I think Bella. Like the vibes of Ellie are there, and I like her portrayal of Ellie. Whatever we got, the little snippet that we got, I'm, I'm, I'm I hate that. The first thing that I see on Twitter is not even about her performance or like about anything on the tw- on the trailer. It's just that I couldn't stop looking at her forehead, kind of deal. And it's like, dude, like, oh really? Yeah, man. Like it's, it ain't even. And she's like 15. Why are people paying attention to that? I don't <laughs> like, know, man. I don't that's know. so weird. They're weirdos on the internet, but. Yeah, man, I'm 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 looking forward to it. it. The environments look super gritty. I can tell it's gonna be a depressing game uh, show. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I um I was thinking about Pedro Pascal's pe- like past performances too, and I remember how he said that he didn't play the game so that he didn't cloud like his performance of playing mm-hmm. Joel in the show and like direct from Neil and like whoever else is the producer on that. Right. 
And I remember that we were kind of worried about that. And I was thinking, like, this dude's still like a damn good actor. He could basically just do just about anything yeah. when it comes to on being on the screen. And I was watching him break down, like, his most iconic roles that from all these different shows, like, the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And one of them, obviously, was being Goldberg in Game of Thrones. Yes, and I immediately sir. Thought, I immediately thought, man, did this guy even read the books? <laughs> like, did he even pick up the third book, um... Oh, what's it called? There's Game of Thrones. Sort Crown. of. Crown of Kings? Crown, Crown of... of Kings is the second one. Uh, Sword of Storms, maybe? Either or, way. Or the, Raven or something? The third, yeah, either way, when the third book, when he gets introduced, mm-hmm. you immediately get, like, this sense of, like, this aura of, of like, suave and kind of, like, he disguised, like, two two chest steps of, of uh, ahead of you kind of thing. And... and Pedro Pascal absolutely just emasculated that in the show. Like, you can feel that in the show. And in my head, I'm like, I wonder if he read the books. And he didn't mention it. But I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess he didn't read the books and was still able to kind of get this really cool character across. So I have high hopes for him in The Last of Us. He looks really cool. Uh, I guess Walt said, like, his line delivery was great, too. And I'm loving the set pieces, too. I'm sure you guys caught the clicker that was attached to the wall. Yeah. That was so sick, man. And of course, the prosthetics in this in this uh, show is gonna be really dope. Um, I'm really again. I know it's gonna use some CGI, but I'm really hoping that a lot of it is, you know, is prosthetics and is like makeup and also when people have to sit in chairs for seven hours just to make it look right. But uh, <laughs> it's worth it, man. It really sells the action, the scenes and all that. So it's what made Lord of the Rings so iconic. So did they do the same with this? Did they already cast David? They have had to. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, like, do we know the actor that is doing David? Not. I'm pretty sure we do, but okay. Okay. No, you saw a little bit of um, you saw a little bit of Nick Offerman in there, though. Yeah, is he Bill? He has to be. Yeah. He oh my be. god, bro! I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for that. I love that guy. I love that yeah. guy. Oh um, man. But yeah, man, it looks it looks pretty damn good so far. Uh, yes, sir. I'm excited to to get the the full fledged trailer eventually. And it's cool that both both of them have been on Game of Thrones, so it's a nice little. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little ring, Matt Bella. Bella was a badass. So, so speaking of uh, PlayStation Productions, uh, we got a couple of, uh, I guess, uh, breaking or or just just some articles from Deadline specifically that said that not only is PlayStation Productions working on a Days Gone movie an adaptation of the 2019 game from Ben Studio. They are also working on... Wait, I, I don't care about that. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about that. The one thing I do want to talk about <laughs> is Damn. that PlayStation Productions is also making a Gravity Rush movie, man. Oh, my God. Um, I, will, I will get the, the writers and um, the, uh, the people who are working on it in a second. But uh, were you guys as shocked as I was? You know what? It, it immediately thought to immediately thought to my head. I put into the tweet yesterday. Movie, movie, movie. TV, TV, TV. Um, why are we getting more announcements for movies and TV from PlayStation than Stop. actual games? Stop. It's true. Listen, uh, listen it's buddy. It's true. They haven't, what? Sh- they, haven't, they haven't had a showcase this year. Exactly. Yeah. But, all we know, all we know, that's coming out for next year is uh, Spider-Man Two. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, actually, <laughs> let, let's have let's have this conversation because okay. I wanted to. I don't know if it was 
I, I didn't want to have it last week because Walt wasn't here. Right. Um, but I, if, if, the big if, obviously, if we have a showcase this year, I'm, I'm saying to temper expectations. I don't like Ooh. just running through, just running through first party wise, who, who is honestly ready to show anything, right? Like, go down the line. Housemark just shipped the game. Blue Point shipped the game two years ago. Maybe they're ready. Haven literally just got established last year. They're years away from showing anything. Maybe mm-hmm. Deviation, you know, the, that partner, that studio that's partnering up with PlayStation, the uh, mm-hmm. former Call of Duty devs and whatnot. So maybe them, right? Um, Naughty Dog is just about to release uh, part one. They released part two in 2020. They're still, you would have to imagine, years away from their next big IP. Um, God of War Ragnarok is about to come out. Um, Corey's game, we have, we don't know anything about that, so you'd imagine that's years away. Gorilla just released Forbidden West, right? uh, PSVR 2, we have a couple there. We have the Horizon uh, VR game. Sure, but we don't know, we don't know, uh, in terms of Fire Sprite, where uh, the other three projects, where they are at, Mm -hmm. development-wise. Sucker Punch just released Tsushima two years ago. They're right. years away from Ghost of Tsushima 2. Um, obviously, we know Insomniac has Wolverine and Spider-Man 2, but you know Spider-Man's next year Wolverine probably further out. Um, Team Asobi just released, you know, uh, Astrobot in 2020. You'd have to imagine they're still a little bit. They'll still need a little bit more time for their next project, which we'll probably talk about. But they just said, you know, they're they're just starting on that. Uh, Ben Studio just got the AOK from Sony to work on a new IP last year, so they're very early on whatever they're working on. Um, I think uh, Meteor Molecule, talk about that, I mean, I would imagine Dreams is what they're working on for the foreseeable future. Um, Which uh, is troubling, because what have they done with that than DreamCon? Well, they they actually have just been hiring, like, crazy there was something about they're doing like um they're hiring for like a live service thing so like we'll see whatever uh, that okay. turns out to be um, so that's pixel probably one, that's, that's probably one of the 10 too then right okay. pixel opus you know they we just got the announcement what last year that they're partnering up with sony pictures on their next project right so like i mean i could i could keep going but like that's my thing is that like these teams either just released the game or are just starting on their next project. So that's why I'm saying, like, you know, we'll obviously see Insomniac. We'll probably see God of War Ragnarok again here. We'll probably get, you know, one or two things, or not one or two things, but, you know, we'll see a few things first party-wise. But, like, I'm I'm not expecting, you know, quote-unquote, like, the big guns to, to really be there, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just weird, like coming from the past couple weeks and all of it's just been it's been like movie and tv deals and announcements when people just want to see like what's just want to see like a a state of play for god of war ragnarok you know or even some update in spider-man 2 but again we're waiting for that showcase just that i think it it just kind of goes back to my to my initial problem with playstation in the beginning of the generation which again another can of worms we'll talk about another time but of them just being like a lack of communication and not really kind of savoring the moment, the limelight they're in, and uh, just really going with the. Fan. I don't know. It's, it's all another conversation. But to your point, yeah, Gravity Rush, getting movie. Yeah. Wild right. stuff. It's hard for me to imagine. Like it's the kind of thing where. And why a movie too? I, I, 
I can understand that if, I mean, if it's animated, like a live action. That's the thing, man. Gravity Rush movie just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't. I don't. How it can't be that's, live action. It that, can't be. Live if it's action. if this thing is live action, put me in a in a fucking coffin, man. And like, <laughs> I'm out of like, like, like Walt. This is the perfect uh, IP to do an animated TV series it's or perfect. movie, whatever. They already did a, a little uh, two episode anime with Gravity Rush. Man, yeah. back in the day for for Gravity Rush two. Dude, the, like, the, the, the cutscenes themselves. There. There's al- there's already content in the games themselves that show cutscenes of like it's animated in a way that that works. I think this is also like imagine the arcane style of animation with this property. Imagine like that 3D, you know, kind of kind of 2D form, uh, Dude, or just or just even, you know, just taking the the Spider Verse team and putting them on oh. this, like they could truly just zipping through gravity, or just like, can you imagine like um, I forget what the name of the city is in Gravity Rush Two, but just like the three that, the three layers, the slums, the rich area, and like or, the middle or, part. Just jumping off of the rich area, going all the way down to the slums, and how like they can make that look, and how she will look when she goes into gravity mode, and how she looks like galactic, like it's almost like the stars are cur- coursing through her veins, and like that. Yeah, I'm I'm, get, I'm getting like uh, arcane vibes from that when um when uh what was it when Violet was a Violet went down the elevator and you see like the slums and everything. Yeah. Higher. Yeah, that's, dude. Yeah, that's, they can play like with the perspective. Yeah. They can play with that perspective and and make for some real amazing shots. But on a live action setting, can y'all like pitch me like, okay, what no. do you do? No. For live action, do you even no. work? With, like, here's the thing: if you're doing I don't live want action, a robotic animated cat talking to me kind of like sabrina the teenage witch like no nah, i don't want that because the thing with live action i don't see them i wouldn't want them to work because that's the magic of gravity rush is the gravity aspects the the world the, the tri- traversing doing something that doesn't have that that doesn't have the gravity mechanics in it and that which is wouldn't work for a movie i think just the drama that at that point it's just a a, a movie it's, it's just a, it's not a gravity rush movie it's just a movie I'm telling you guys right now, I'm going to be sick to my stomach if this thing is live action. I just, I just, I just don't understand the rationale behind that. When you have, you have things like, uh, what the the um, Death Note uh, adaptation on on Netflix, right? right. Yeah. Which they're making another one. They're yeah. doing One Piece. They're doing Yu Hakusho on on uh, Netflix, right? Like, yeah. And you know, Avatar is getting a live action thing as well. Like these things just never, especially coming off of animated series, mm-hmm. you have Dragon Ball Evolution as well. Like these things, like things that were traditionally animated and then making them into live action just never work. They're making a goddamn uh, Paprika live action movie. what one of the most beautiful like animated movies i've ever seen don't do satoshi like that don't do yeah, it into a live action thing and like it it just it just oh, oh, is so not gonna work they're making a yu yu haku show live action as well yeah like, so, like it's insane <laughs> there is no world that i envision look at cowboy action. bebop and that had potential to be like it's grounded enough like there's sci-fi in it, but it's grounded enough where you can make an actually like successful TV show out of it, and they messed that up too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just like but, I'm but, telling you guys. But listen to this, Sol. Listen to this, real quick. Just hear me out, everyone. What if it works? 
What if they actually make it work? In live action? Yes. What would that look like? Like, just playing devil's advocate. Oh, I don't know what it would look like. Like, do you do you do the powers? Oh, I mean, that's like integral to the (laughs) that's the game. (laughs) That's the central. I just see an executive saying, "No, no, no, let's not do it." (laughs) Just see an executive, no, no, no. Well, I mean, nah, PlayStation is behind this, so... To bro. me, yeah, it would have to be animated. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if PlayStation have respect for Gravity Rush anymore, considering, like, that series is just not a thing uh, for I mean, games. They must, they must see something if they want to make it into... Because they're, they're... I mean, you guys know, there's so many other IP that they could have chose, right? Yeah. I would have taken a goddamn Infamous series. I would have taken a goddamn Sly Cooper series before this, but... Rush it chose and Gravity Rush for whatever reason. I mean, Ratchet and Clank had that, you know, mildly successful uh, movie. Uh, no, I heard that bombed. But also, to be fair, that that was before PlayStation Productions was established. So, but it is possible to do a movie that is not live action and work. It didn't work back then, sure. but it, it could work now. Sure, but I mean, that was that was you know those are. And more anamorphic, uh, you know, characters or whatever. Yeah, there's there's actual like people. Oh, now you know what's crazy. So you know what would be the icing on the cake in this case if they do live action? Change the name. Like don't not do Rushed cat gravity. Not do cat, and do like <laughs> Sophia or some shit. I don't know. Like not do cat. Not do Raven. No, cat's a great name for for antagonist. I like. Yeah, but 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 they're they're. They could go like, oh no, let's change it up. It's not Gravity Rush, but it is Gravity Rush. Again, you know? I the fact that you know PlayStation Productions and uh, Assad Kizilbash is, is you know he's involved with this as well. I mean, obviously not with the the story or anything like that, but just the fact that yeah, he is once again involved with this. Um, you know, he's gonna and he's a big fan of the of the original as well. Okay. Um, he, yeah. I remember back in the day, he was like, he pushed to get a physical release for the uh, remastered in 2015 or 2016, whenever that came out. Uh, so he loves, he loves the game. Um, okay. He's not gonna let something like that happen. That's my opinion. But hey, I can, I can, I can see um, I the way through. we were speaking to so before on like they have all this IP and what they can do with it. I think it's, I think it's a mix of there's they have IP they want to globalizing TV and movies and say, like, hey, who wants to work on whatever? Or a studio came up to a really great idea for one IP, and I think this is the case with Gravity Rush. I guess, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I hope for, because, like, if they, if that studio, if that, the, the people that are working on it next Gravity Rush, or the or Gravity Rush Gravity movie, Rush. The Gravity Rush movie, and uh, they, they have a great idea behind it and, you know, got the, got the approval, then that's already a good sign. Mm. So... Hopefully, yeah. Uh, all I know is a, a live action that I think worked for me, and I think it, it did. It did somewhat well. It wasn't you know a masterpiece, but it did somewhat. Well. It was uh, Battle Angel Alita, and I think that that did well with the special effects and everything. Again, it's not magical. It's not Gravity Rush, but I think it's that's something that can be conceived into existence. I think there's a margin of success for this, but it's just it's hard for me to. That's why I'm not a. a in the production room. I guess, you know, my mind just doesn't go there. But, I mean, this is just something that I cannot see happen in a live-action setting. I hope they go animated. I hope. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
so the other uh, sort of PlayStation Productions uh, thing that we got was um, Horizon Zero Dawn. So we, we found out a while back that this was indeed going to be adapted into a TV series on Netflix. Uh, but we just found out that uh, Steve Blackman, the the guy responsible for the Umbrella Academy, the fantastic Umbrella Academy. Got renewed for season four. Uh, the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be helming uh, Horizon, which is which is pretty dope, man. Um, he did also confirm that, yes, Aloy will be the, the main char- the, the protagonist for this. So that kind of debunks the idea of well i guess this doesn't completely rule it out but it does debunk sort of people's um theories that this series would take place before zero dawn sort of you know the era when you know sobek is actually you know creating zero dawn and and um operation enduring victory is happening and the actual battle against the feral robots are happening and whatnot um so i feel like that probably puts a pin on that um, since we're focusing on Aloys, so mm-hmm. um, but yeah, not not too much news, obviously, but still exciting that we actually have like a name attached to this thing now. Um, so yeah, how, how do you guys uh, feel about this? I don't have much to say because I never watched the Umbrella Academy, but yeah, me neither. Um, I have I've I seen the first two thing. episodes, but I haven't gotcha. seen the whole yeah, thing. I hear it's all great. Hear is great things, so yeah, I'm, yeah. apparently. Um, Oh, man, I, I, I looked at that Deadline article a while ago, but it made me more confident hearing what he had to say around it. So, yeah, just just knowing that like he's he's a fan, man. Like I think that's yeah. that's important. Um, yeah. I was watching a video on um, the Planet of the Apes. Like this guy did a, a review for like each individual movie of the trilogy, and when Matt Reeves took over on on Dawn. Uh, this guy was talking about like first and foremost like Matt Reeves loves Planet of the Apes man and I think that's really important man that you need people who like have an affinity yeah have an affinity towards the things the properties that they are working on right Mm -hmm. Um, that's why Uncharted kind of came out a little wishy-washy for me because like obviously there's people on there like Tom you know who who loves it but then like the director you can tell that guy never played uncharted yeah. in his life probably yeah um so for yeah sure. i think i think this is a good a good you know a good sign for sure that that he does really really like horizon yeah Absolutely. it's a tv series a different beast you're essentially making i mean depending on how many episodes comes out but netflix is usually like what 13 8 to 13 so you're essentially right. making like eight one hour movies you know, or thirteen one hour movie, so like, yeah, you, you better love it. Because <laughs> hmm. you're gonna be looking at those at that that uh edit screen for a long ass time, man. Um, and make sure the story's right too. It's just I love that Aloy is actually a main character. I think that's really cool. They're gonna get a live action Aloy. Hmm. Um I wonder who's gonna play her. Uh what's her name? Uh we I I think we've talked about her. Um that she'd don't, be great. Don't. Don't say, don't say, Egret. No, 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 I'm gonna say Brie Larson. <laughs> Brie Larson. Brie no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just see them doing like, oh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? What's? <laughs> oh. yeah. Walt wasn't say Egret. That's why I can't think of another name. Right, right. Wait, who's Egret? He got, he got, he got caught in 4K, man. Who was he? No, who was, who was Egret? Uh huh. Yeah. I'm nah. Who's Egret? <laughs> I think. I think going back to to what I was saying about Egret. Steve Blackman being being a fan. Um, the the writer who uh, 
Oh no, what's her name? Uh, wait, Rose Leslie. No, not. Oh, her, oh wait, yeah, she looks. Oh, okay. I see why y'all said not her. Okay, because it's too um, obvious. The yeah. the the writer. She's also a really big fan of the game. She took a picture of herself with like her big like collector's edition of Horizon Forbidden West. Oh mm -hmm. shit! Really? Yeah, when yeah, she revealed she it, like, yeah. She was like, oh, I finally get to talk about this. Like, I'm so excited that um, you know, oh, I'm going to be writing cool. the script for, you know, the Horizon series on Netflix. And uh, Angie Smets commented on it. She was, like, so happy for her and whatnot. That's so and, cool. Yeah, man. It's yeah, it's exciting, man. Um, but, yeah, man, that is uh, Horizon. Um, and I guess the, the PlayStation production stuff. Um, you guys want to go over uh, Gamescom? Yeah. So yes, so, so uh, obviously it was a, it was a Jeff Keeley co uh, po uh, joint whatever it's called. So I knew immediately <laughs> that you know that's a skip for me. I could I could go to sleep instead. Um, so I'm gonna need y'all to tell me <laughs> to tell me what happened, man. Alan Max, like, did you watch this? Did you watch it? No, I saw I saw it uh, coming up on the calendar. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a sleep day. <laughs> you got an alarm clock. It's a Gamescom. It was nap time. <laughs> <laughs> and from from the reception, I think I was right. Um, you know what, man? Uh, Gamescom happened when a week, uh, two weeks ago. No, like, oh, this last it's week. It's happening right now. Yeah, it's happening yeah. right now. Yeah, um, it's live right now. The 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 weeks have been kind of a blur, man. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, I did see it. Uh, offhand, I was I think I was playing fourteen while I was like listening to it. Nah. Uh, I I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to remember. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Well, oh take my it God. Bruh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, just something that stood out for me. Okay, so I can I can say what stood out for me. Uh, for me, obviously the gameplay for Lice of P uh, that looks more interesting now than it did before. Uh, it it's starting to look more not less like a like oh it's just Souls, just Souls, you know something. No, it looks like it has its own gimmicks, its own features, its own approach to the Souls formula. Not just a slap Souls like onto this and call it a day. Uh, that's looking interesting. The vibes are there. The the Bloodborne vibes are there. Uh, I like the the dark, very very dark tone that they're going for for the Pinocchio uh, story. Um, yeah, that's the most interesting aspect for me on that on that entire thing. Right and. The one that caught me by surprise was, I mean, we only see literally seconds of some gameplay that I don't even know if it's going to be final, but Atlas Fallen, uh, which, first, the trailer... Yeah, that looked cool, too. Yeah. Bro, the trailer, I looked at it, and, I, and I, I kept telling myself, like, bro, don't don't expect the game to look anything like this. This is going to be a card game, this is going to be a mobile game, don't, don't think of anything about it. And then they show gameplay. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. This looks exactly like the CGI CG movie that I was watching. Uh, it looks super interesting. Uh, from the description, it sounds like it's like almost like a Monster Hunter type deal, where you're hunting beasts in this barren wasteland, and the weapons. It, it's cool because you don't. The whole thing with the weapons is you're not gonna carry them. You have a device that turns the sand around you into the weapon itself. So if you have an axe equipped. Instead of equipping the axe on you on your person, it's gonna be you, like 
you reach out to the sand and a an axe materializes. It, it's so cool the way that they're they're doing the the combat. Um, that one looks really interesting. Uh, Macho, anything that popped out that you remember from you? Yeah, I mean the Liza P was like a big one because um, mm. I know that they had like a lot of hype around, it, and I saw the gameplay even afterwards, and I was it was it's it very much looks like a Bloodborne game. It does. Like a Sekiro, like uh, like unabashedly, like it looks like a Bloodborne Sekiro game. Yeah. Um, but it looks good either way. It looks fun. I think it's um, when is it coming out next next year? Right, twenty twenty three. No, I think it's, I think it's coming out. Yeah, I know it's coming out. Uh, day one Game Pass. It's coming out. Yeah, yeah, early next year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, either way, it looks good. I want to keep my eye on that one just to see like. Um, See how like how it develops and everything. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was just I was moving my phone around <laughs> uh, uh, because I need, I need to pull off you right now. I need to look up like what was actually announced this thing. Wait, uh, pull on me. I'm informed. I'm studious. I, I research. I'm not. I don't wing it like y'all. So unprofessional. <laughs> no, the yeah. you say Sekiro and Bloodborne. I don't. It think looks it, like it. Yeah. Okay. No, but but the game that does. Remind me of Sekiro, literally Sekiro and Bloodborne. I don't know if it was announced during Gamescom, but I know that it was announced this year. Wolong or Wulong? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the other one too. I just saw last night actually. That one looks insane. That one looks. That one. Why not? <laughs> because He's I'm happy. already getting. I'm already getting my Neo flashbacks. And, <laughs> and that game it takes a lot of, out of me. I'm, I'm just. I don't. Especially after going through Elden Ring this year. I'm. Yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to look at another game like that. I mean, that game is even more punishing than Souls, so I'm good. Take take a few year break. Take a few year break, yeah, <laughs> and, and get back to it. But uh, for Gamescom, also, I like that they uh, showed more of High on Life. I'm looking forward to that game. I know a lot of people are not with the dialogue and the comedy. Uh, I yeah. enjoy Justin Roiland comedy. I enjoy his very very childish approach at like telling jokes it's just the same joke over it's just and the over. same but for me i'm just like having a blast like i can listen to him just rant all day like it just it, it works for me so I'm, I'm excited to for high on life he's like he's like uh you just killed a kid you killed the kid you know that you, just killed kid. you know what's funny of that scene <laughs> when he kills the kid the kid goes ah you killed me <laughs> <laughs> well, loves it. Man. I love it. It's it so sounds so stupid. Ah, you give me that. He does. Like... Um, Jesus, Jesus cracked the in the gut there. What else? Uh, what else? Is there anything that that you heard about Soul that you're like, okay, I heard about that. I, I'm enjoying. I'm looking forward to that or something. Uh, no. Oh wow. <laughs> How boring you are! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't even watch. I mean, I saw like little clips of like the Liza P thing. Right? Um, are you enjoying? Uh, looking forward to Liza P or not? It's coming out this year, right? Maybe end of this know, year, I, I early think, to no, next I think year. It's, I think it's next year. Yeah, I think it's next year. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Either the way. end of this year or early next year. I don't know. Either way, I'm good. You're good. Okay. Uh, oh, boys! I mean, so, boys! More, what? Outlast Trials. Ah. 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 <laughs> no, so so they showed gameplay for Outlast Trials, and I think it it looks to have 
three uh, people co-op. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh. Yeah, no, a lot of the, a lot of the announcements like Gamescom this year didn't really do it for me. Actually, I was kind of surprised. There, there's a couple that really stood out, but nothing crazy. Whoa, was there an echo in the background? Yeah. Whoa, whoa you good? Did he go to the bathroom? He forgot to turn his mic off or something? He's no. like, I My headset died, sorry. So I'm using my wired one now. Uh, a little bit more, or Playtale had like uh, more gameplay uh, on the show floor, I think. Um, that game continues to look incredible. Yes. Uh, the one thing I did watch though <laughs> was the uh, Sonic Frontier story trailer. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and the funniest thing to me is that like apparently Amy is like captured now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on with her, man? Why, why, so why your she... your mic's a little low, by the way. I'm like kind of far away from my mic. Okay, yeah, that's probably why. You're a little low on it, at least on Walt's um, new headset, or whatever. That that the entry. Uh, but you guys can hear me though, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's probably like, the only thing I really saw. But aside from that, um, yeah, Gamescom was. Pretty much what I expected. <laughs> so. They show more Callisto Protocol gameplay. Yeah, uh, I was just I was just looking it up actually. Um, um, the ones I now I'm looking at the list here, and I remember uh, Phantom Hellcat, mm. which is that 3D hack and slash game that had like a really quick like a lot of the announcements at Gamescom was really weird. It was like a back to back trailers, but like some of the stuff just didn't really like do a good job of like saying what the game was or like it was like a weird snippet of a game, and then it'll just kind of goes to the next one you're like okay that was awkward that's that's what i heard about um i don't know if you saw but there's a game called everywhere which um i think it's being helmed by the guy who a previous rockstar developer who apparently was the one who like pitched the idea for gta online so like this is like his new studio um so yeah the game is called everywhere um it's like an open world game or whatever but like he he was like rattling off all these uh or Jeff actually during the the uh, while he got the guy on stage, Jeff was like, "Okay, so like we're a little confused about like what this game actually is. So can you like explain it to us?" <laughs> so like, so yeah, that kind of remind me of what you just said, Macho. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how I felt about when I saw Phantom Hellcat. Just like, okay, that's a great trailer. That's awesome. But, like I don't think there was really any dialogue. It was just showing the hack and slash gameplay, but the art sales really cool and it looked like you know like near um, Automata, so it looked pretty dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Callisto Protocol. I didn't actually watch that trailer. Trailer wall. Yeah. Uh, I know I want to play that game, so like I'm absolutely going media blackout on it. So they introduced something called mutations. Basically, uh, there's gonna be moments where the enemy will have tentacles coming out from of its body, and if you don't kill the enemy in time, it's gonna mutate into a stronger enemy type. So they sh they showcase uh, an enemy with tentacles coming out, and the of course the player didn't hurt it to showcase the mutation. Basically, it, it was some straight Cronenberg stuff. The enemy ripped its skin out, like it, it 
put his claws into his chest and ripped the left side and the right side and from inside a stronger enemy emerged like it was some like horror like type transformation like it looked really insane um oh nice yeah they showed that with the gravity gun you can place the enemy in front of an enemy projectile and that enemy will receive damage uh you can throw enemies at other enemies there's stealth which is pretty cool um yeah there's stealth in this game it's terrifying (laughs) um they behave like clickers when you're going stealth mode like they they're just like vibing and like looking for you um but uh, but it, it looks it looks promising there's a there's the classic the classic sliding section where you're sliding down a, a sewer system and you have to dodge some pillars and stuff um but that looked they showcase the the way that you can die there uh Imagine Tomb Raider, but worse. <laughs> like they're going all out on the death animations for this game. Um, Sick. It looks it looks insane. Uh, but yeah, man, that one that one looks promising for sure. I don't know what other games they they show that really stood out though. Well, um, one I could say that um, I actually did want to mention was Hogwarts Legacy. Ooh. Because we got a new trailer for that, and um, the collectors. It's also one of the reasons why that um, I was perusing on, on Twitter for a little bit for my hiatus because I actually went to Chandler Chandler Woods' uh, profile, who was the marketing lead on Hogwarts Legacy, mm-hmm. and this guy is uh, he has a patience of a saint. He's like one of those marketing leads on a game that like absolutely is on top of everything and just responding to everyone's comments, everyone's questions. This guy's an absolute champ. Nice. And he was saying that that trailer that we saw in the game was optional. Like, that was all optional content that you can do. Which wow. is really cool. Because the entire po- point of it was, like, I guess going to, like, a Slytherin side quest. Um, I'm doing, like, one of, like, the, the uh, one of the unfor- unforgivable, unforgivable curses. That's what I think it is called. And uh, so I think that's really cool. On top of, like, Howard's Legacy getting, like, the pre-orders open and all that stuff. And, yeah, collectors. Are you getting that collectors? No. Okay. <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, I saw it. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, it's, it's floating wand, like, on a book. That's really cool. It's like, you know, but like, the whole steel book and everything. But, man, that's price tag. That's a steep price tag for yeah. for a collector's item like that. $300, that's, that's a lot. Ugh. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a it, bit. Feels like, it feels like 200 maybe, but 300 yeah. 250 maybe yeah which which to that same sentiment real quick uh they released another batch of last of us collect a firefly edition um with the steelbook and everything on playstation direct but continue nice nice um yeah uh so yeah so howard's ugly looks looks incredible i just want to give a shot to chandler wood too just because of the fact that you know, he, he like I, I looked again. I looked on his profile, his replies, and everything. Everyone like asking all the same questions. And everything. this guy like has a patience with saying. I think he's really cool, and it's one of my like favorite things about games and like the game community. Really, when I was on Twitter, was seeing the creators and developers really interact with like the um, the fandom and just kind of really just answer people's questions and get the feedback and everything. I think it's really cool to see that. And Hogwarts like it's like it's looking it's looking like it's in the right direction with like its presence and everyone's really excited for it. So I think having that kind of response online is really cool. Um, and again, that trailer just kind of capsulizes. It made me more excited for the game. 
just seeing that trailer. So, like, I'm really, really excited for Hogwarts Legacy. At this point, I'm kind of just fighting in my mind, like, do I want to get digital or physical? Which one I want to get now? Because I know that game is going to be a day one. And, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I can't wait to play it. Um, something that was announced also during Gamescom, uh, which is very pretty good for Sony, is the DualShock, uh, DualSense Edge. You can uh, close the door, baby. Uh, the hey, did you see this soul? Did you see the the picture for this? Yeah, I saw it. Um, just a you know, I, it's it is very much just a customizable you know pro controller, uh, control mapping and all that. Uh, the paddle switches on the back and all that. Um, I don't know if there's a price point for it. Uh, it looks cool. I'm glad that there's that option for PlayStation Five now. Um. I'm yeah, not get- is that one thing people been like wanting for for a while? Yeah, man. I mean, hey, more buttons. The back paddles are game changing. So <laughs> <laughs> that should be that should be the tagline of the uh, of the, the the new controller. More buttons. More buttons. eh? <laughs> no, but honestly, if it if it was something that like if I played a lot of multiplayer games, I would for sure uh, consider getting the that DualSense Edge. Because uh, I uh, I already use the bumper bumper jumping for first person shooters, so like that just it, it, it's a win win. What's a bump? What's a bumper jumping? So instead of jumping with X, I jump with the uh, the trigger buttons or the bumper. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Instead of using X, I use L one to jump in multiplayer games. Because you, then you have, because then you're not taking away your right thumb from the joystick, and you can just jump and twist and at the same time in the air. Damn, it's some big, it's some big brain moves. You hear this song? No. Yeah, he likes, he likes, he just said he likes having his uh, thumb on the joystick. <laughs> and I do that for Overwatch, Destiny. Uh, I did, I did it for Call of Duty when I used to play Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, man, it's game changing for sure. Uh, you have it improved my play style <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but yeah, man, the DualSense DualSense Edge, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah, looks pretty cool. Yes, sir. Um, wondering when they're gonna. I, I I don't know why like they wouldn't just do the price and the release date at the same time as the announcement. I felt like because when when that was revealed, like mm-hmm. everyone was like pretty excited and stoked for it the consensus was that it looked pretty cool and that they were interested in in, in getting it uh, i got like twenty five thousand likes on twitter um so i don't understand why you wow. don't take that immediate sort of momentum and drive everyone to pre-order it on the day that you guys announce it so like yeah. i i don't understand the sort of like scattered um, like drip feed sort of uh, you know bit of information or, or whatever. I'm 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 sure that they have the reasoning for it and maybe they have data that backs up that you know pre-orders will still be just as strong um, if they were to uh, you know put pre-orders up you know in two weeks from now as they were on the original announcement date you know but I don't know from my point of view I don't know why you just wouldn't do it all on the same day. Yeah, they yeah. could have got a lot of impulse buyers that day. Oh, for sure. uh, um, dude, it would have probably sold out if they had it for pre-order. Like it, it's it's a thing that will happen once they it's on online. The I'm surprised this thing isn't like in, like releasing right next to God of War, honestly. Mm, the 
for Gamescom, also the the trailer that I'm cautiously optimistic for. I enjoyed the first one, uh, the Tales of the Borderlands sequel, uh, called New Tales of the Borderlands. Uh, <laughs> I like that they're going the Nintendo route, you know, new Pokemon Snap, new Super Mario Bros. Like, they're just, they're, it's no, oh, the Lords of the Fallen, not Lords of the Fallen, to the Lords of the Fallen. Um, oh, man. You can define your sequel by the. The. It's, it's, it's quite wild. It's, it's, it's quite, um, it, <laughs> it, it, I don't know, it, 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 a bit arrogant. Um, apparently, apparently it did really well reception-wise, though. Because I was telling, I think I was telling you before, while how I was watching Benji Sales YouTube video yesterday. Yeah. And he was saying that Genshin Impact was the most viewed YouTube video, followed by like uh, Sonic Hogwarts Legacy, but also The Lords of the Fallen. Right. Got like a big reception too. I mean, that trailer is amazing. Like the the actual trailer looks really cool. I don't know about the gameplay because there's no there's no actual gameplay. But if it improves upon the first one, then I think it could be moderately successful. The first one wasn't anything to rave about, but um, yeah. it, it was one of the first, like, Souls-like, you know, games, aside from the Souls games. Um, the New Tales of the Borderlands uh, trailer, it got, it got me skeptical. Uh, I believe the writers that are involved are the Borderlands 3 writers, and Borderlands 3 is not the best in the franchise in terms of writing. Wait, are uh, you serious? Yes, but oh, God. but they had explained that a group of the original, like original Telltale creators and writers from the original game are involved in the process. So I am cautiously optimistic for it because uh, they, they have people from the 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 first Tales of the Warlands. I had a blast with. I love that game. Uh, I think it has one of the the wackiest uh, scenes in the whole just all the Telltale games with the whole fighting <laughs> with handguns. Um, Take is the best Borderlands game, too. I I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I, I didn't beat Borderlands 2. I didn't I didn't play Borderlands 3. I saw Borderlands 3. I did not like the decisions in Borderlands 3 story. Um, they did my, my girl Maya wrong. But, um, yeah, this one, the, the three main leads, they seem wacky enough and fun enough that, you know, they can ride... Some good old, you know, knee slappers right, right there. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like uh, Reed and a bunch of the others were close to a lot of people's heart. Mm. So, no, I agree. So. Maybe they do a little cameo in there, you know, a little, maybe, little, yeah. little. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, what else did they did they do in that in that little little? I mean, I mean, that's that's all that that's all that I can really uh, think yeah. of from that announcement. I mean, the killer clowns. From outer space. I thought that was pretty cool. That's like a very old school campy horror flick that yeah. I always saw on uh, the DVD case on Blockbuster and, mm -hmm. and just walked away from because it looks so creepy. And it's the um, director from yeah. the Friday the Thirteen game, right? Yeah, yeah. Man. So that's pretty cool. I kind of love how these horror games are coming back or being um, kind of funneled into this like uh, what's it called? Well, the the type of game that the multiplayer games is asynchronous or something like that. Uh, which ones like, the, dead by daylight. like Dead by Daylight? Yeah. Um, yeah. And also Evil Dead. Ash, Ash is Evil Dead. I forgot the name too, but you're on the right track. And also, the type of game that uh, this one is going to turn out, how Friday 13 was, and how. Uh, oh my god, I forgot the name of the game. 
uh, not Dead by Daylight, the Evil Dead game, yeah. Um, I I enjoy the the resurgence of these horror games. I hope they keep doing more. Right now, the the one standing above all is Dead by Daylight, mainly because it really much has the all the horror icons in there, or most of them. Um, yeah. The one that they cannot bring into the game is is Jason Voorhees, but it is because licensee issue, licensee issues. Yeah, he he's like in he's a, he he has a bunch of red tape on him. Uh, yeah. Can we can we say can we talk about the best announcement at Gamescom though? Uh, which one? Hideo Kojima announcing his. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what a plug! <laughs> what a plug! What better way to sit to man? We need to get on that. Can we? So can we uh, hit up Jeff Keighley see if we could talk about DualShock Shock Center? Yeah, or you cannot. You cannot tell me that if you knew you had a friend <laughs> that hosted a a games conference, you would not tell him. Hey, can you plug me? Like you cannot tell me you would not do that. You imagine if like Jeff went to hit, it's gonna yeah. be like, hey, you got like a game announcer or something, you want to and then he's like, oh yeah, 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 I got one, I got yeah, one. Yeah, and he yeah. just talks about his podcast. Jeff is like, this mother, he lied to me. This ain't no game. <laughs> he's no, he's like, he's like, oh Kojima. Uh. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, man, that laugh. <laughs> It's just sounded like a dying accordion or something. It sounds like Wheezy from Toy Story 2. <laughs> or you know, uh, you know, uh, dog's chew toy when the the squeaky thing inside kind of got kind of like goes out. That's what it sounded like. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. But speaking speaking of Kojima though, he was he was uh you know uh having uh, mimosas or something with uh, yeah. with uh two marketing guys from, from Sony Interactive Entertainment. So. Oh man, they're just breaking bread. He's talking about his podcast. Um what's his podcast about? Did you check it out? No, no, I did not. I did not. I think know. it's just him talking about like his creative process. Oh, speaking of creators and their creative processes, it's really cool that Sakurai, Sakurai actually got his YouTube channel made. Uh, he he's now doing videos on how like game game development for him works and and like creative tips and all that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he's gonna talk about all the crippling. Uh... Anxiety he got making Smash Brothers. Dude, he he was so relieved when he said like, like he's done, like he's just doing other stuff. Like he, you can see that he, this man is is experiencing euphoria right now. Like, um, but yeah, man, that is uh, that's games call, man. Games, yeah, games, games come and go. Game and what? Yeah, yes, sir. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> let's quickly go through um. This, uh, this gamesindustry.biz interview with uh, Tima Sobi uh, before we move into the final big topic of the week. Mm. Um, so, so sort of the, the big bullet points with this interview with uh, studio head Nicholas Doucette was that the studio is now at 60 employees, which is a pretty big job because I've, I'm pretty sure that they were like really, really small, like Pixel Lopez kind of size uh, a while ago. Um, but they're at 60 they're expected to be at 100 in the near future. Their next game is already in production, and it is, quote-unquote, their biggest to date. Um, and they also, I forget exactly how they worded this, but um, 
Doucette also talked about in the, in, in the interview how they also have like you know they're they're at 60 right now but they also have like a small subsect of their team dedicated strictly to just like toying with new hardware and R&D and just really you know kind of like dual sense kind of things right um so yeah i thought that was really interesting and also the team is also like you, you you'd imagine you know teams from japan being kind of strictly japanese but like this team is surprisingly what's the word like like uh there's a lot of variety diverse like, it's really it's really diverse in terms mm. of where people come from all over the world um which i thought was really really interesting um mm. I mean, usually with uh, with anime, you know, not video games, but in Japan, uh, there are a couple of animation studios that, in general, just companies that do promote the, you know, hiring foreigners or just have people remotely work from other places to promote that diversity or have different perspective within the company. So that's pretty cool for Team Asobi as well. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing that I'll say is uh, they also said that, or he just also said that they have like no creative restraints, that they are free to do whatever they want um, in terms of budget and time as well. So that's also really, really good to hear that like it feels like, you know, Sobe really scratched, you know, the, the, the surface in terms of like their potential with both um, Astro's Playroom and Rescue Mission. But now it seems like their next project is just going to be like them really taking a leap is what it feels like. So um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm really excited for Team Asobi's future. Yeah, same. I mean, I don't know, y'all. I'm good with whether they do another Astro game or a on the similar vein of a platformer, you know, 3D platformer. Whatever they do, they do. They did showcase the capability of them, you know, making the best out of current technology with the dual sense especially um i'm looking I forward to whatever should. they're doing yeah i, I mean I they, they should yeah they Go should ahead. keep they should keep expanding more on on the dual 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 sense capabilities and and the ssd and just the power of the playstation 5 they really showcase how well they can work with that well i meant, i meant more specifically with astro i think they should really oh. double down on astro as a character and make him you know, like a full-fledged game was for for the ps3 like really, yeah. really make him into, you know, uh, another PlayStation mascot. Macho, how, how do you, how do you feel about about that? I agree. Yeah, because I, I, I was gonna say that Astro's Playroom is one of my favorite experiences to this day. Hell yeah! With uh, the PlayStation Five, like that that day is so cemented in my head of going with Sammy to Best Buy, pick up the PS Five, plug it in, and the first thing we both play is Astro's Playroom. And I was just kind of like just in marvel of what the controller is doing and the visuals and just overall just the fun of it. And um, I think, Sam, didn't you also get the platinum in that game? You played on your account? Oh, you didn't get it yet? But either way, she played it. Wow. Both kind what of a like... fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> Told her I said that. He called you a fake fan. <laughs> she, she said he's, he's a fake person. <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> regardless, yeah, Ash's Playroom is amazing, and um, Hell I'm yeah. hoping. I think I think everybody came out of that experience wanting to say we want this, but bigger. Dude, and, uh, make it game. Make so, it the Mario PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be really cool if um if they had two different kind of projects in the work, which one being like something like Astro's Playroom, where it's very centered around. Obviously, the power of the PS5 and the duels and stuff like that, but also kind of having like a Mario Maker sort of idea, but for with Astro's Playroom, 
and uh, have that kind of level design aspect of it with different PlayStation properties and IPs and different costumes and characters for for Astro and stuff like that. I think it'd be really cool if they take advantage of that. Yeah. So, right now, there's a, the, a lot of potential there. The the current trend is doing biomes. So just do a, you know, a a what is it? open zone Astro game. You know. Yeah. Yeah, they already they already toyed around with that with like having a bunch of you know um, Easter eggs and like mm-hmm. different kind of levels that you were experiencing and, and going through. So and creative. Just do that. Yeah, why don't you just do that? But for like all the places in IP, have like a world from Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Have um, Horizon a realm from God of War or whatever. You know. Yeah, a Bloodborne section. Can you imagine Astro with a hunter getup and just like traversing the the fog filled well, streets. Never oh never man, happened. and then he gets decapitated. I don't know. <laughs> he gets decapitated. <laughs> yeah, that'll never happen because uh, <laughs> PlayStation hates Bloodborne, apparently. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I, I was, I'm, I'm really happy to see this. Because um, it felt like as long as Team Sobe was sort of, like, trapped underneath the mess that was the Japan Studio umbrella, um, that they maybe weren't going to get this opportunity but now that it seems like they are now like a full-fledged first party team and they're getting all the, these resources and backing now um it really feels like they're going to be able to like come into their own now and i don't know i think that's yeah. really, really cool and they have a big enough team so that's that's reassuring mm-hmm. but we call um, this an organic growth so oh my <sighs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> they were already a part of Sony, so I guess. No, but oh, but they, they they can't just buy studios, man. They can't just... <laughs> but um, yeah. So let's uh move on to the final topic of dun, the dun, show. Bum 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 bum. Uh, the Sony announced <laughs> late night. It's funny because I'm pretty sure you guys were probably asleep, but I was uh. I forget. I, I was probably watching one of the the Planet of the Apes movies. You were watching um, Monkeys at Night. Yeah, um, as they usually do. And, um, <laughs> and then uh, I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I saw on the um, the I think it's called like the NES bot, which they just like randomly post like uh, new uh, recent era posts that are, are threads that are being uploaded or whatever. Um, and I see the headline immediately is uh, Sony set to increase the price of the PS5. And I did like a double take and I'm like, what? I'm like, huh? Uh, <laughs> I did, uh, what, what's that noise that Scooby Doo makes? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so they are set to increase the price for the PlayStation 5 in five markets, I believe. Yeah. Essentially, all markets aside from the U.S. Not which, U.S. Um, exactly. Very, very, very important. Not the U.S. Which, <laughs> which tells you, uh, what is that? T- okay, so that tells you that, um, let's see, that the PlayStation. Obviously, the the U.S. Uh, Xbox is very strong in this territory, right? So it's very telling that Sony's like, we don't want to fuck with that because you know, we we uh you know we're very close with Xbox here in the U.S. Mm. If we were to fuck with the price, obviously that could probably damage our sales here. So we don't want to do that. As opposed to everywhere else in the world where they have a very strong grasp in the other territories, they don't have to worry about that. So. It's just, it's just very interesting that we're like, you know, we don't want to mess with the status quo in the U.S. because obviously we're really close to Xbox here, so let's not, let's not, let's not fuck with that. Um, right. 
so yeah that was interesting um but yeah so and i think specifically japan got hit really hard man i think it was like a 25 percent increase for god that. damn um yeah i want to say that they're um in terms of like the exchange with like the yen and the u.s dollar i think theirs came out to somewhere around like 350 dollars originally now it's kind of more in line with like what the u.s pays for for the ps5 so they got hit pretty hard i don't think canada got hit too badly um but yeah japan <laughs> talk about it like it's a hurricane <laughs> it got hit this place got hit real hard <laughs> i mean hey for some people it is gonna be hurricane. no you're right you're right and it's it's the reception has been very entertaining for sure yeah so um uh, yeah, I I don't I think the one thing I'll say and and I'll move uh, I'll let you guys take it from there, is that like, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not gonna claim to be a business expert in terms of what the economic situation means for for Sony in comparison to Microsoft and, and Nintendo. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, pretend that I, I I know you know their their books and all that stuff. Um, and what inflation means to them and if it really hit them hard or not or, or whatever but what I will say is that I feel like Sony is poking the bear a little bit and the more that they continue to and by bear I mean like the consumer like I guess the hardcore consumer because like I don't think in the short term this isn't going to affect them like I think PS5 is still going to fly off the shelf blah 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 Yeah. but I feel like these things are kind of adding up where they continue to poke the bear, poke the bear, poke the bear, and at some point there's going to be a breaking point. I don't think it, I don't think this is it. Like I just said, PS5 are going to continue to sell, but I think there will be a breaking point at s whether that's in the near future or whatever. Um, so I'm just saying y'all got to be careful because y'all are definitely poking the bear. People are fucking annoyed with you guys. <laughs> Uh, people are saying that this, this is the PS3 all over again. I don't agree. That's me. Um, <laughs> That's I don't me. agree. I think there's a little revisionist history happening with that. People forget how bad the PS3 was. This is not the PS3, man. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah, say, we'll let, talk about that. Let's let's not forget. Talk about <laughs> it. Talk about was, it. The PS3 was some dire times. This is not that. We are still getting like the output for PS5 in terms of its catalog is far superior to the PS3 and PS4. In its early years, so let's let's not let's not forget that. Um, but yeah, that's that's my two cents. Um, they're poking the bear. Just fucking be careful, man. That's all I have to say. What do you think, Macho? Because I know you had that opinion of the PS3. Me, I I'm still very much just you know neutral ground. Like I, I this is something that is not good, but also something that. I really don't know where it's gonna go. Uh, could you elaborate more on why you think this is like the PS3 era? Well, again, I'm. I'm I said that obviously because out of like a pure reaction, but like this is back right. to the time. Again, we honestly, ever since this generation started, we have nothing but complaints. Yeah. But when it comes to PlayStation, regardless of like the actual outpour of um, the actual the products and the games themselves, and they have been. Matters. Which, which matters, matters of course yeah of course mm -hmm. and, and we're not saying it doesn't either because we've been on that coattail for the past couple of years already we're like yeah like th their communication is not the best um we can tell the console is a little bit rushed 
uh, the announcements of games themselves and the whole upgrade system has just been a fiasco and dumb and shouldn't be a problem. But the games are great. Mm-hmm. And now we've been saying that for the past couple of years. And I'm still going to say the games are great. I love them. But at the same time, I'm not going to say, like, it's been, you know, it's it's a, it's okay. Because this is not okay. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I got my PS5. I'm good. It's, and, and overall, is you know, I hate to say it, but it's not going to affect me. <laughs> but yeah, this is still, like, on, it's still on our that train that me and Walt have been constantly talking about. Of like their communication is absolute shit this generation. Yeah, it's garbage. And and and, and to what you're saying, uh, Soul, that people are already pissed at them. People are already getting upset and mad, and it doesn't help at the at the fact too that they've they're just so quiet. They're not at Gamescom. They're not at E3. They're not at doing a patient experience. They're not going to be a Tokyo Game Show. They're, they're just riding on their own thing and they're doing their own thing, which is fine to a degree, but there comes a point in time where you're just like, what the hell is going on with you guys? Sure, but you like know. to to that point, like they supplement that stuff by doing their own thing. They do state of plays, you know, every every so often. It's not like Nintendo shows up to, you know, things like games games comp with like a big presence or whatever. They do they march to the beat of their own drum too, so like but I, I even I argue that that Nintendo has enough directs to communicate enough of what they're doing. And yes. <laughs> Nintendo has no. done more. Nintendo has done more presentation showcases this year than Sony. I will say what what differentiates real quick Nintendo from PlayStation is the fact that Nintendo, when they make a decision that even though it's a, a, a many may argue scummy decision, they will stick to it no matter how people react. At least. We've seen that PlayStation, you know, like the whole PS Vita, PSP store, uh, they prolonged it. Nintendo's like, nah, Nintendo DS store? No, that's gone next year. We don't care what you say. Like that, it's something that, at the very, you know, we're not trying to say Nintendo's better than PlayStation. It's just the fact that communication and that and that aspect, it's lacks from PlayStation, you know, contrary to Nintendo. But, sure, but I'm just I'm just zeroing in on the on the whole presentation thing. Like we just had a big state of play. Mm-hmm. Like was people not like are people forgetting how fuck like that was filled with bangers start to finish? No, are for sure. Forgetting that that like did not happen. That only happened what were two months ago? Yeah, right? like May, like around May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and the whole thing that Nintendo had more you know showcases than than Sony. That like fine, but like I don't right. know. I, it's a, it's I, not I, so much so it's not the, in the case of how many presentations it's the fact yeah. that there's enough content within those presentations to explain certain things in terms of Sony it's the fact that in the past they've been less worse with communicating certain stuff after a certain you know taking of power it's changed a lot I don't know what's going on with the Jim Ryan era I don't know why there's so much little communication. Yeah. But let's get into that. So they stopped after 2018. They stopped. They made the decision to stop going to, to E3, right? Mm-hmm. They stopped go, uh, doing PSXs back in 2018 as well, right? So, like, it's not like this was, like, Jim Ryan. As soon as Jim Ryan took over, he was like, right. okay, we're, we're no longer going to all these things. Like, Sony was starting to do these things even before Jim Ryan came in here. Right. No, you're right. But it just so happens that, it, it, unfortunately, it, it fell on his shoulder. So he's going to be receiving 
like all the criticism from he everyone. Gets, he gets, he gets, he, he gets, gets thrown. He gets if thrown. My daughter, if my dog were to die today, it'd be all fucking Joe It's like instead of that that time where it was like, oh, thanks Obama. Now it's like, oh, thanks Jim Ryan. Like you're trying to put the cookie inside the milk uh, glass and it doesn't fit. Ugh, thanks Jim Ryan. Like it's everything's yeah, everything's his fault. But again, people. I mean, I, mean, I don't know, and I, I don't know, man. He's he obviously he's appearing to put the blame on him because he's. The leader, right, right now, he's, he's the leader he's, of this generation. Let's so, make the distinction, though. He's the leader of PlayStation, right? He Not has, Sony. He, has, he still has people. Exactly. He still has people above him, right? Uh, the CEO, I forget his name, but you know the, yeah. the people in Japan who are obviously making these decisions. So I don't think that this is. I don't think Jim Ryan is the one who's saying, "Okay, you know what? Let's let's raise the price of PS5." I'm sure yeah. it's, it's his his bosses at Sony. Because it's and you know what's interesting? It's funny. PlayStation is the one that suffers from this of blaming the person that is in the spotlight while you don't hear the same kind of flag towards Doug Bowser with Nintendo. It's interesting. You don't hear as much like vitriol towards him when Nintendo makes certain decisions because they clearly know it's Nintendo in Japan. There's two places, Nintendo Nintendo, and then Nintendo of America, NOA. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we have Nintendo of America. That's looking a little suspect. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like the thing, like how Macho said, like everything's a complaint with PlayStation, but it's it's just interest and it's merited. You know, it's not that it's invalid, but it's it's interesting how how there's certain behavior with with how people receive certain news. But I do agree that just communication has been god awful. I just don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's and that's what the kind of like just has been flying through my head. And Jim Ryan. Uh, Man, like his like his name is like on that byline for that for that blog, and so that's why he's getting so much vitriol. It's just yeah. And it's just ever since he ever since he became like the head honcho here, it's just it, it really feel like it's a different kind of PlayStation mm. than from the PS4 generation. It's uh, frankly it's something I really don't like. Um, right. And again, and not from the games perspective. I love the console. I, I love everything sur- like surrounding the PlayStation. I love the experiences I'm getting from it, and ultimately that's like what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like it's such a stark difference from last year, and then to just throw like a price increase overnight um, for people to just cross the region, like it's it's to me it's kind of like it sucks and it's baffling to see that when last year it felt like we not last year but last generation it felt like we had a more cohesive relationship with the community and the PlayStation actual uh, brand. So it's, right. again, it's just a dark a stark difference that just. It's so foreign to me, yeah, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially when I was just talking about before with Chandler Wood from Hogwarts Legacy having being so into its community and everyone just even finally fourteen, everyone just being so, being such a community, has such a communal experience, and you don't feel that with PlayStation. Yeah, it's and a divide. Sucks. Yeah, it, and that sucks because it really feels like they're just kind of out for blood and doesn't feel like they're here. For just you know, for the games, just for the money, yeah, just I here for the money. Like, like I get, it, I get it. They're here for the money and all that stuff, but like at the same time, it's like, don't you just want to like actually be in the ambiance of like your gaming community and stuff like that? Like, it feels like this guy just really just goes but, and goes in nine to five and just. Don't, don't, but then again, it, you know, it's interesting because I guess uh, where I'm getting used to the whole like how much you know indies and Microsoft are very much in the loop of like being in the ambiance of gaming because even again bringing back. You, uh, you mentioned King Chris in the beginning of the podcast and how they have established how with Nintendo, it's, and I'm specifically going for Nintendo because Sony, 
you know, it's, it is also, it is a, a Japan based company. How Nintendo is very much of the mindset that we don't care if you have fun or not. We don't care. Like <laughs> we don't care about, like, we just want to make the money. Like they, they will, they have a brand. It's like Disney. We have a brand. We will stick to it. But at the end of the day, we only want the money. Like it is, it's kind of sad to look at it that way. It's a very cynical way of seeing it, but it is very much the reality of like, if it doesn't make, like they establish, it's funny. Krista had mentioned how, oh, they see the opportunity for a, an event or an activity that will be a communal experience. But will it make money? No, we don't make it. We don't do it. And it's, it's, I don't want to think that places is going to head it. I mean, I don't think so. Cause to your point, Macho, you mentioned, you know, TV, 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 movie, movie, movie. I think this year is just the the movie TV year for PlayStation, and it's just announcing all of these properties that are being made into either live actions or animated shows. And the games, while they're there, they kind of taken a backseat. No, I I I feel like those things aren't mutually exclusive. You can have both things. No, for like sure, but people had... don't see it that way. I'm I'm establishing yeah, it. Why. I'm establishing it as as a sense of, hey. We have the same company working on the properties that you know and love. They're just yeah. not making as many games as you would have, you know, like Microsoft right now, like, you know, Game Pass and all this. But they're not, they're also not making a whole lot of games this year. Like, we, we, we cannot forget this year just has just been somewhat dry for like the, the house, you know, household names. It, it, like to me, I think it's cool that we can get a Horizon, a Gran Turismo. Uh, a God of War, Last of Us Part 1, all in the same year. Supple that with games like Rollerdrome and Stray. Yeah. Um, inscription coming later this month, right? And Hell yeah. as well as we can get announcements of the place, all of the things that PlayStation Productions are, are working on at the same time. It's not like they only talk about just that stuff, right? Like, we're yeah. getting all these things. At PSVR, we just had that announced this week as well. Our, our first look at PSVR this week, right? Yeah. As well as the dual sense, uh, the, the, the edge control, so they can do all these things all at the same time. It's not like they're only doing one thing. But you know, you know what's funny, Sol? That reminds me of that. What is it? What's the? Uh, tell me, you only play AAA games. Well, tell me, you only play AAA games. It's <laughs> it's the same kind of energy of like, there's other stuff going on. Let's not just focus in on one single thing. Uh, but to that point of you know talking of the price points, I do think it's a bit absurd that. Only certain, not only just the fact that it's going up, but certain, you know, regions are getting tackled with this price increase. And not only, you know, at a time where the pandemic struck, there's people with like, there's a ton of people that are, you know, financially like quite, quite deprived. Again, this is a hobby. It's video games. We acknowledge this. We're just, you know, pointing out the fact that it's a bit ridiculous at a console that is already really hard to find. You know? Yeah. I guess I guess one other thing we could point out is that like Microsoft is Microsoft, right? Yep. They are one of maybe the richest company in the world or one of at least. One so of. like it's one not like sure. sure, like I'm sure they may be being hit with you know, the whole inflation thing. But mm-hmm. like they maybe don't have a need to, to raise the price like Sony does in comparison. And Nintendo is Nintendo, right? They're still selling a, a five-year-old piece of hardware at the same MSRP price mm-hmm. that it was at launch. So they're fine. That thing's still flying off shelves. 
Um, again, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speculate on why Sony did it because I don't know you know I don't know their financial situation. So like I don't know if it's right or wrong for for them financially to do it. But I will say optically, it looks fucking bad when when your competition says that they're not gonna do it. So yeah, it looks really fucking bad. Especially when when this is when the communication you have is like this when you communicate only things that will affect a consumer you know financially and you're not just talking with them at a, not constantly but you're not always like disclosing everything if there was that relationship from the get-go i think it wouldn't look as bad i don't know but at the same time i don't want <laughs> i mean we I don't, don't want, want the increase no, 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 I don't want Jim Ryan sitting in front of a camera <laughs> and being like, okay, guys, well, the PS5, is, we're going to have to raise the price. You know? so, like, it's going up, y'all. Yeah, so, like, I will, obviously, the time at which it came out at fucking, like, 3 a.m. in the morning yeah. is is awful. Um, Terrible. But him, or them just putting in the blog post is fucking fine, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, which, it's just, it, it, it feels... Again, it feels arrogant to just do that, man. Mm. Um, it's it, like to spring it up on people at the last minute just feels really wrong too. Uh, I feel like if there's like some sort of timeline here where it's like, hey, by this date we're gonna be increasing the price because of X, Y, and Z, then mm. I feel like it'll have been a little less of a blowback than something that was just announced at two a.m. Um, at least on you know the East Coast here, or whatever. I'm sure like in UK times, people the people that were affected like this is like the right time zone. Like this news just dropped probably. Right. But again, I, it's again just like you said. So it, it just looks horrible, and I'm just getting flashbacks of the PS3 era of when there was like $600 console, and just the rollout PS3 just being pretty abysmal until like we started actually getting some bangers in there. But, yeah. And, it's, like, it's like the it's like the complete opposite. Really, feels like it's like uh, at the end of PS3, near the end of the PS3, I would say the middle lifeline where we got Infamous Two and stuff like that. That's when it really started to kick off, and it feels like it's kind of the opposite here, where like we got the great kickoff for PS5, but mm-hmm. the communication aspect is still like lingering around. It's like not really great at all. Um, I don't know. I just to me, it's just like in this era where like people are so social media heavy and mm. they want to they like the community wants to be part of you. Like they want to be part of the brand. They want to feel like they're you know part of everything. And we're just they're just getting stiff armed. And this is like another point of that contention where like people are already like kind of agitated with like not seemingly not getting a lot. And then this also just kind of springs up on them, you know. So. Mm. It's just it's just it's just a weird really weird PlayStation era for me personally. It's it's I it's a love hate relationship because I love the console, I love the controller, I love the games, but I just really don't like kind of like the leadership that this the seeming leadership that just seems so non-existent. It feels like we just don't have an identity. It's just weird. Right. I, I what what I will say in light of that is this is also I mean a perspective just to apply one as well, another one. Uh, you said something really important. You like the games, you like the console, you don't like the leadership. And unfortunately, you know, right now with, with within this podcast, we can acknowledge that we are not affected by the, the, this decision. You know, we're pretty much just like kind of frustrated with the way that they're communicating stuff, but this price increase will not affect us three, not right now, not in the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. It is unfortunately, you know, the, the thing where 
it's not affecting me. I'm, you know, I, I like the games. I like the console. That's as much as I need. I don't need to like the leadership because if they're giving me what I, what I like, why am I going to complain? What I do not appreciate is when the, the sentiment of, uh, it can be 600, 700. I don't care. The games are great. It's like, dude, shut up. You would not pay. You would not buy this. If it was a seven hundred dollar console increase, you would not just go. Oh yeah, I'm gonna buy it. You know, first of all, scalpers. This is going up in certain countries. The scalping is gonna be even higher. Yeah, they're looking their lips right now. They're, dude, they're already like, oh man, it's gonna be a field day for us. That paycheck gonna be juicy and girthy, bro. That ain't a good thing. That ain't why'd a good you, thing. Why'd you have to say girthy for? Because why, it's a it's a girthy that? it's a girthy paycheck, macho. It's a it's a whole stack <laughs> of paychecks. Okay. <laughs> But like, bro, again, and I want to establish that in this for us three, it's not affecting us. Why? But we want to care for the fact that there are. We want to be empathetic for certain people. But at the end of the day, I mean, reality is, it's it's not our problem. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's just how it is. Plain and simple. It ain't gonna affect us. We we don't care. But we want to care because it's gonna affect people. Some people, and not telling you how to spend your money. But it's the fact that if we make a habit of this, you know, of just tolerating these increases, it's fine with the games going up because that's just a matter of production and, and, and of time. But are we going to just see consoles just spike like this? Like, is this going to be a norm? Is this, you know, is the next Switch going to be a $500, $600 console and still not have 4K? Like, you know, what does this mean for, like, the future of, like, like increases in general? Uh, but in the moment, it's just, it's not affecting us. But that's just how it is. Yeah. I know, it's just, again, it's so weird, because isn't the PlayStation 5 also making a profit? I mean, they're, they're I forget if it, was, if it was profit or revenue, right. but, like, it was down, it was down this last um, uh, financial earnings or whatever. Mm. That makes last, sense, uh, because last year was a pandemic, so. Right. Well, um, for the last, uh, what was it, quarter, is it called? Or fiscal year. Fiscal year, yeah. Um, but Microsoft was down also, so. That that was just because like this year has there's been aside from Elden Ring there's barely been any you know um, big triple A games that have released um, right. right and and so. I don't I don't know if this is I mean this is just me like pulling at straws but I don't know if the fact that this is the year where you know things like gas when like spiked like I don't know that just made people well, like whoa wait a minute I ain't gonna well, buy a console right now well to that point because of inflation the cost of production has has also gone up so right that's yeah. another unfortunately valid reason as to why they're probably doing this right and and let's be realistic again talking about games people this ain't something that you know people if it doesn't sell it's some it's not a priority you know this is not something that that people will just oh yeah no i have the cash to spare no no you really need to set down you know some 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 money to actually get these consoles especially with with the games as well because you know not complaining about the 70 dollars thing but i mean games have increased so we have to be aware of everything is going up so we have to this is the year of like everyone like okay i don't have enough now i'm gonna wait <laughs> you know yeah for sure for sure yeah and the thing is there's so many options out there anyway so it's like yeah man the steam deck like there's this is the year of the steam deck like it's it's people are getting yeah, their steam decks they're like you know it. they're not they're probably going you know what why at playstation when i can just buy, play literally everything uh, <laughs> on, on the go you know well uh, to that point Walt, when i saw this when i saw the news of the price in, increase and everything and 
coupling all of my past feelings on like what PlayStation's done the past couple of years and kind of like how I view them mm. from the PS5 and on, it just made me think like, I don't have to get a PS6. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like like I like I could think twice about getting a PlayStation Six if they if they ever were to do like next or, or a sure PS Five Pro or whatever. Yeah, like honestly, I probably don't have to. Yeah, obviously, I don't need to, but like I just don't have to invest in our next console because I'm getting more into PC gaming and and portable gaming and and likes. I love my console gaming too, and who knows? We'll see what happens when we do with it. But you know, at yeah. this point in time, it's like if they're gonna keep this attitude. And sort of like this, kind of like put you know, uh, we have our chin up. We're we're elites. We're we're the premier home console. I experience. don't think that's them, man. Man, I really don't think it's that's it's, them. it's it's it is them. It really is because because again, looking at the past couple of years of how they announced stuff and everything, they're just so like. They're so arrogant how they do things. I mean, look at the Horizons Forbidden West fiasco and the whole upgrade thing. Do you think that people forget that it was going to be a free upgrade from PS4 to PS5 and they decide to just sneakily say that you can't have that anymore? Yeah, that's absolutely shitty. You know? Yeah. yeah. I agree. So. They, they're, like they they literally still... are being Nintendo. They're just being Nintendo. Like, it's... it's a, a, com- <laughs> a company does this and people don't complain. Why is it that... I mean, PlayStation is just shifting to that. It's it's adopting more of its you know more strict Japanese like like business styles of just being like hey this is what you got <laughs> this is it it sucks but like that's just how it is you know yeah 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 no that's 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 why like and most of the time I'll I'll just shut up and play the games um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean that's because because like, yeah. at the end of the day I'm like I'm not gonna affect Jim Ryan's pockets I'm not gonna he's not gonna come banging on my doors like you talking shit macho like he's <laughs> he, he don't care man just, but at yeah. the end of the day it's like again it's I, I can't not look at this and reflect how my how I feel on it right so so regardless hey. of the regardless of the fact like yeah I'm gonna shut up and play the games but at the end of the day I don't like this and um I mean, regardless of the price range, like you said, well, it doesn't affect us. You know, it is what it yeah. is. But it's like when um, it's like me. <laughs> it's funny. This is like when when I'm like around like my friends and you know they're white and I'm Puerto Rican and someone says like a, like something regarding like Mexican culture around me and like it's supposed to offend me and they get offended for me. I'm like, dude, it doesn't offend me. Why are you getting offended for me? Like it's the kind of thing where it's like if it's not affecting you, why are you gonna? you know, talk about it. And that's the main thing. I want the people that are affected by this to talk about it if it affects them. If it doesn't, you know, that's just something that we have to accept. If it's not a problem, I mean, this is a problem, right? Right now, the increase is a problem. But if it turns out to not be one, then let's not create a problem of it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no I, I completely agree with you. And that's why, like, it's, I think it's, I think, so you had a really good point earlier where, like, in the bottom line, I don't think it's really going to affect them. Um, at least like how you know people look at PlayStation like four you know four or five months from now, let alone a week from now. But yeah, this, re- regardless, this is yeah, be, it's really bad. This is all going to be water under under the bridge as soon as they have a showcase or whenever they drop a God of War Ragnarok trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because like again, to, to the reason why is because a lot of people that were complaining about it or are complaining about it are the ones that have a PS Five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. the crazy part. Like the the mostly again, we're very much in the niche, but the people that do speak out about it, 
are the people that already bought a PS5 probably pay a hundred or two hundred dollars more to get it. Yeah, I don't need to be on Twitter to know that already. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. Like, that's the reality, you know? <laughs> Which is crazy. That's but, crazy. But yeah, I mean, um, I think... Uh, what was it? I saw a podcast the other day where they are talking about the production increase. So, and uh, mm. yeah, there's, there's a lot of moving parts to like all this stuff. And, and I think that PS5 had custom parts, didn't it? It was being made? I don't know. I think I heard someone mention that. But regardless of the fact that, yeah, these, these things are... A massive production undertaking. So, um, so yeah. yeah, I can see, I can see like the logical reason behind it, but it just sucks that the it's, it's yeah. reflected on the consumers and it's affecting them. And and I'm gonna and I'll gladly say, if you cannot afford the PS5, I will gladly recommend a Series S or a, an X. I don't know, like I'll gladly recommend you another console if you cannot afford a PS5. Although this is a PlayStation podcast, I'm not here to tell you the you know. Just buy the PS5 because it's the best console ever. No, I don't think it's the best console ever. I think it's one of you know the top ones, but I don't. Well, I don't think started. you should. Yeah, it just start. It, it barely, realistically, comparing you know to past generations, it barely has like true exclusives to rave about. Uh, I just like the things that it has and what it does, and because I, I was I, you know blessed enough to be able to afford it. But the reality is if you if right now what's the next thing the next affordable thing a series s fantastic game, uh, console it has just enough storage it can be your game pass machine hey go wild uh man i'll just say get a switch too or get a switch bro get get get, get a get an oled that's that's the that's the way to go bro but yeah yeah but yeah although otherwise it's 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 just obviously it's not a good look yeah um we'll we'll see if those ps5 still fly off the shelves um I think I saw something before too, where uh, like I, actually you said it. So how the Japanese players were like had like a really stark reaction to this. Yeah, because they got they got hit absolutely the hardest. Yeah, and I, I think I saw where like um, people were. I think what was it? Final Fantasy sixteen was trending. Mm. I saw in Japan, uh, and it's because we were wondering how they're gonna afford the console, and that Final Fantasy sixteen is dead on arrival. Uh, because you know, some people don't have the, the PS5, but I mean, I guess which is not which is not true because like yeah. Japan's not like the only market that's interested in Final Fantasy. Yeah, general. exactly. Like, that yeah. game's gonna be that game's gonna do well. So yeah, but it, it seems like the PlayStation Five is just not. As, is it true that it's not as a much of a hit in Japan than other? It's. Regions? I mean, it's been doing obviously like it does really good when. Yeah, stock. That's that's the only issue. Like, uh, it's, it's right. funny. It's funny that like you know the what two weeks the Xbox outsold the PS5. Um, yeah, people were really touting that when it was only like three thousand units or something like that, and PS5 was like selling two thousand. But then there was like what last week or the week before that I sent you guys that PS5 sold like forty five, forty four thousand units over there in one week or something like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so like obviously it, uh, it it it's all just like the Xbox. It's all dependent on stock, whether or not they mm. have stock. That's the one that's going to sell the most that particular week or whatever. I mean Sony. Whenever it comes to Sony and PlayStation in Japan, I know that at least for the PlayStation Four era, the PlayStation Four was not the top console. It was the PS Vita. Like people had more PS Vitas than they had PlayStation Fours in Japan. Uh, which mm. which is interesting. Or oh, like PS Three era. Like it was interesting to see just how much different gaming is like perceived there 
because I think portable gaming is appreciated a bit more over there, considering that, you know, commuting from place to place is a lot more efficient. There's trains and there's, you know, walking distances and all this stuff. Uh, I, I can see how it would, you know, be a more uh, attractive offer. Um, like yeah, not, not even not even that too. Just the fact that they have like, you know, gaming cafes and all that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly, and yeah. and you can like very easily go to a park and be completely safe and game. You know, if you go out here, you know, if you live in LA or something, you if you go out, you need to wear your you know bulletproof vest and all this. Like, this. Like I was checking um, if the Mitsu put up like their mm. report. I I believe for last week or maybe the week before. And for that particular week, nine out of the ten top-selling games in Japan were Nintendo Switch games. There you go. Yeah. The only other, uh, wow. the game that wasn't uh, a Switch game was Gran Turismo Seven, and that was like at number nine, I think. So yeah, that goes yeah. to show you exactly like you know. And what... and also have in mind, very important in Japan, secondhand gaming or secondhand products are usually considered prime condition. You can buy a game in pristine conditions that was used and it's going to look new. So that very much incentivizes you owning old consoles or buying old consoles or having something portable and something that's more, you know, uh, retro or whatever, which is why Nintendo is really huge there because buying NES, SNES, Switch games, uh, it's so at times affordable and convenient. So like, I, I, quite frankly, I do sometimes like I listen to uh, uh, the Trash Taste podcast and they all live in Japan. They talk about life in Japan and affording stuff in Japan. And, and they're from different parts of the world, uh, Australia, Wales and Thailand. And they talk about just how honestly it sounds like having a home console just doesn't sound as appealing as having a portable console. And that's just that's just at least what how they talk about it. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that is uh that's is that gonna wrap it up? Are, you, are we are we done with this one? With that one, I mean and I'm trying to keep a buck fifty with when I say, you know, how we can acknowledge how high does uh, we acknowledge that it, we're not trying to fight for something that it's not because it's not affecting us and i, we, I don't want to come up as a, as a hypocrite if i say no i'm mad for this you know i'm disappointed but i'm not going to say like i'm mad because it affects me so uh, y'all i mean y'all will call me out if i'm like spouting some bs so yeah yeah and my my point of contention is not really like the price increase i saw and i was like damn mm. that's gonna be a day on twitter it's communication <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the whole it's their whole like ambiance they've had this entire generation that I haven't been a fan of. So right, but I mean I mean Saul brought up some great points and and good counter arguments. So and I'm not gonna fight him on it because he's right, mm. and I'd, I'd be a madman to be like, no, you're wrong. Like no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. But I still think there's a conversation to be had there in terms of their output. But right, but yeah. But that's that's a bigger conversation we can have for another time. But yeah, yeah overall, I think that's just yeah. it, 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 the communications uh, conversation. It it doesn't just fall with Sony. I think that if there's gonna be like a, a standard to it, uh, everyone should be involved. And I think right now, quite frankly, the one excelling at that communication, indie games, of course, because they can communicate it with their audience and their niche audience. But also, Microsoft is pretty pretty good at, at communicating whatever they're doing. I mean, almost always. Yeah, and I'll say um, 
Valve with the Steam Deck too has been. Oh yeah, dude, Valve is like on every few days. I see an update of the Steam Deck and like Valve just tweeting about it. Like they're they're pretty consistent about it. Yeah, yeah, they're immaculate with that. On top of like a couple of other really great marketing um, leads on their games, stuff like that. Yeah, and Bungie, Bungie, I think is like one of the companies that really it's constantly saying stuff. True. True. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think that wraps up for that topic, yeah. And that's going to wrap it up for the podcast as well, man. Yes, sir. Um, want to thank everyone for watching. Uh, once again, go ahead and, uh, what do the uh, YouTubers say? Uh, smash that like button. Right? Smash it with your face. Yeah, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we're going to get started with these outros. Walt, why don't you kick things off? Well, going to be gonna be gaming, boys. After this podcast is over, probably going to head to my local locally sourced market of games uh or at gamestop and that sounds mad shady <laughs> and caught caught myself soul hackers which uh pretty excited to look for uh to play uh aside from that man gonna be i i, I have two weeks i have two weeks to get uh through horizon because i want to be able to talk about it in two weeks because next week i assume we're done we're not doing the podcast because we have a very special event for macho here yes, uh and not only that I will be at that event, uh, celebrating love and buffoonery and Kingdom Hearts nerdery. You know, uh, you see a lot of it at the wedding. Oh boy, <laughs> you better have some food, man. You better have some good food there. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, I'll be. I'll, I'm gonna try and beat Horizon in the following two weeks. Play some Soul Hackers uh, in between, and. What else will I be playing? Uh, more, I'm t- try to be live alive this weekend, uh, and watch the see the two movies of the apes to, that I haven't seen. Got to rent them at Amazon. But yeah, man, um, that'll be my my two weeks. Uh, stay tuned at Walt Lando on Twitter for anything that I might do on on level one or Lords of Gaming. Nice, nice. How's uh, how's um. Have you written anything else on uh, Lords of Gaming? On um, Lords, the last thing I did was I kept one of the showcases. I forgot which one it was. Uh, it, it was one of, JR, one of the JRPGs. I don't know if it was a Xenoblade thing or it was a Life Alive thing. Uh, I forget. Uh, the last thing I did was I I covered Atlas Fallen and I did also Lice of P at level one. Uh, going back and forth. I try to okay. d- do it uh, evenly for both of them. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Macho, what about you, man? Yes, sir. Uh, by this time next week, I'll be, I won't be a fiance anymore. I won't Ooh. be a boyfriend. I will be a husbando. Oh, Dios mio. I'll be uh, an official husbando, or my fiance says a hot bun. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exciting times, man. It's, it's, I, I had anxiety and stress the past week on top of a couple other personal stuff, but. Regardless, I think we're it's all following to something that's gonna be a reality now, and something that's gonna be really fun, exciting, and I'm just super hyped, dude. I we're we're I just finished getting a, a bunch of packages um, for my groomsmen today, and a couple of presents for them and my father and stuff like that. So um, we're kind of down. Everything's getting paid off, boys. That's why I can't buy Roller Show because I had to pay off the limo. Ooh. <laughs> um, and a couple other things, dude. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, 
it's it's kind of crazy. It's a it's a big life. So I know that at the end of the day, you're just coming home back home the next day, and like you're gonna you know carry on life as usual. But it's sort of just the thematic elements of being married and saying I do to the, you know your love of your love of your life is. Uh, you sounded like such a video gamer. The thematic elements. You sounded <laughs> like you're describing a game. <laughs> it's just it's me trying to break everything down. Really, just yeah. kind of make everything a reality it is, and it's kind of crazy, but it's gonna be fun. But with that, with all that said, um, yeah, catch the the uh, podcast obviously for the you know not next week but the week afterwards, as well as Multiverses Mondays and Final Fantasy Fridays. Obviously, we won't be having a Final Fantasy Friday next week, um, but more than likely a Multiverses Monday this coming up Monday. Um, stream for about an hour, hour and a half. Come in, chime, and have some fun. Uh, it'll be great times and watch me rage at you know losing. So. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but in that, yeah, it's all I got going on. That and just kind of chipping away at um, Dune Bay 3 and 14. So, Oh, and watching the Aliens films. I got to watch those. I want to see if I can watch them before I leave or something. But. Nice. But yeah, that's about nice. it for me. Um, as for me, uh, I downloaded uh, Watch Dogs 2 and the first Whoa. Tomb Raider. So, um, yeah, I want to chip away at those. Um but then uh, Inscription and uh, Destroy All Humans 2 is coming out, I think, on the same day. So I actually, I'm more, I'm actually more interested in both of those games. So I, once they come out, I'm actually going to go to those first and then come back to uh, Watch Dogs 2. And uh, yeah, so that's what uh, my next week probably looks like. And, um, oh, and then we have Last of Us Part 1 around the corner. So uh, busy times, man. It's be the first time you're playing Last of Us 2, so I'm interested see what you're gonna think about the mechanics and systems and all that stuff the pacing yeah, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of nervous man because i love part two's <laughs> combat so much so i'm a little nervous um, yeah i hear you but yeah man that is uh that's it for uh the dss crew uh we will catch you guys uh if not next week uh maybe the week after question mark question mark the week uh, after yeah i'll, I'll be yeah. um no nah, def i definitely can't do next week right so. right yeah. So obviously, uh, if you if you guys are looking to to know, we'll we'll update you guys on on Twitter for sure. So keep a, keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah. Until then, peace out.